The Global IP Matrix Issue 10, Front Cover Text. Empowering the Future of IP in Africa Intellectual Property – A Guide for Inventors. Artificial Intelligence and Intellectual Property, AP's Viewpoints. Much Ado About Nothing, Court Resolves Issue Over a Fictional Acronym. Intellectual Property and International Sustainable Development Goals, What to Keep in Mind. NFTs Viewed Through the Lenses of Trademark Law. Plus Much More Inside. Voices of the Associations. Keeping a global community together during a pandemic into CEO Etienne Sanz to Acido. Patent Seekers Front Cover Strip Advert. Patent Seekers. The Global Patent Searchers. International Patent and Design Search Company. Website, www.patentseekers.com. Email, info at patentseekers.com. Telephone plus 44, 016338166601. Page 2, Inside Front Cover Advertisement. Gorodiski IP and TMT Law. Gorodiski.com. Page 3, Editor's Note and the Editorial Board of Directors. Dear Clients. Welcome to our 10th issue. We are midway through a year that can only be described as uncertain. However, I think we can all safely say that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel after a turbulent 2020 for most of us. The global IP matrix has weathered the storm by working tirelessly to focus more on the digital side of its business and has evolved to suit the new normal. Our popularity and readership has grown immensely since we introduced the audio version of our publication alongside our even more robust social media presence. We have recently launched a new podcast, You, Me, and IP, to tap into this sector, which allows our clients to speak in person about their background in this industry and their latest editorial contributions to our magazine. In this latest exciting edition, we have introduced two new segments, Empowering the Future of IP in Africa, sponsored by Minyogo and Associates in Cameroon and the Voice of Associations, endorsed by Inter and AP. Inter CEO Etienne Sanstaracido delivers a compelling article on Inter's evolution through the pandemic whilst keeping the global IP community together, virtually. Dr. Guillaume Henry represents AP by discussing artificial intelligence in intellectual property and the increasing use of AI to create intellectual works and technical inventions. Sue Leslie, the marketing assistant at Patent Seekers, UK delivers guidance to inventors on how essential it is for innovative companies and inventors to be aware of the do's and don'ts for protecting their ideas and intellectual property, IP, available. Also, Alice Roy, business developer at Ibsen, talks about securing data in the cloud plus many more informative articles from professionals in IP. As always, many thanks to all our contributors for your valuable content and to our readers. We hope you enjoy this issue. Elvin Hassan Editor and Head of International Liaisons. The Global IP Matrix Editorial Board of Directors. Gabriella Bowden, Partner at eProwint, Costa Rica. Marek Berry, Managing Partner and Patent Attorney at Berry & Berry, Poland. Mr. Afame Funa Francis Nwakedi, Principal Counsel of Stillwater's Law Firm, Nigeria. Brenda Matanga, Managing Attorney and Head of Practice at B. Matanga IP Attorneys for Africa, Zimbabwe. Laura Castillo, partner at Inventiva Espacio Legal, Dominica Republic. Ms. Ruta Ullman, immediate past president of Ecta and associate partner of Medita, Latvia. Page 4. Contents and published by, credits. The Global IP Matrix magazine is published by Northern's Media PR and Marketing Limited. Carlos Northern. 
Founder and CEO, Northern's Media PR and Marketing Limited. Publisher of the Global IP Matrix Magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. Email, carlos at northernsprmarketing.com. Elvin Hassan, Editor and Head of International Liaisons for the Global IP Matrix Magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. Email, elvin at womensipworld.com. Craig Barber, Head of Design for the Global IP Matrix Magazine and the Women's IP World Annual. Email, info at northernsprmarketing.com. Joe Cargbo McLean. Account Manager Email, joe at northernsprmarketing.com. Contents. Page 7, Copyrights. The Emergence and the Development of Performers' Rights in Sri Lanka. Anomi Wainagaskra, Partner, and Navindi Nayotana, Associate at Julius and Creasy, Sri Lanka. Page 10, Voices of the Associations. Keeping a global community together during a pandemic. INTA CEO Ashien Sands to Acido. Page 15. Artificial Intelligence and Intellectual Property AIPPI's Viewpoints. Dr. Guillaume Henry, AIPPI. Page 20. Securing Data in the Cloud. Alice Roy, Business Developer at IPZen, Trademark Portfolio Management Solution in the Cloud, France. Page 23. Trademarks. Much Ado About Nothing, Court Resolves Issue Over a Fictional Acronym. Manisha Singh, Partner, and Simran Buller, Associate at Lex Orbis, India. Page 27. NFTs Viewed Through the Lenses of Trademark Law. Arlene Castillo Sapulveda, Founding Partner at Inventiva, Espathio Legal, Dominican Republic. Page 30. Intellectual Property and International Sustainable Development Goals, What to Keep in Mind. Natalie Dreyfus, Founder and Managing Partner at Dreyfus, Paris, France. Page 35, Empowering the Future of IP in Africa. Empowering the Future of IP in Africa. Bryce Nyakwa, IPOP Agent at Minyogog and Associates Law Firm, Cameroon. Page 39. Intellectual protection in Africa under the AFCFTA regime. Noma Emrua Maziak is, associate at Stillwater's law firm, Nigeria. Page 43. Arapo gains in 2020 despite COVID-19 challenges. Susan Mwiti, Documentations and Communications Officer at Arapo. Page 45. Effective intellectual property system in Africa, musings from an African intellectual property office. Sarah Norkaronku, Senior Partner at Onku. Onku at Law, Ghana. Page 50, Patents. Intellectual Property A Guide for Inventors. Sue Leslie, Marketing Assistant at Patent Seekers, UK. Page 53. Eurasian Patent Office, The New Convenience. Vladimir Byrayulin, Partner at Gorodysky, Russia. Half-page advert. United Trademark and Patent Service. Intellectual Property Attorneys. Your reliable partners for intellectual property matters in Pakistan, South Asia, Arabian Gulf Middle East and Africa. Trademark, Patent, Design, Copyright, Domain Name Registration, Litigation and Enforcement Law. Pakistan Office, 85 The Mall Road, Lahore, 54000 Pakistan. Adjacent Radio Kronos slash Hang 10 Mall Plaza Building. Telephone plus 9242. 3628-558890. Fax, 9242-3628-5585.
Email, unitedtrademark at united.com. Websites www.utmps.com or www.unitedip.com. Page 5. Contributors Page. Anami Wainagaskra. Partner at Julius and Creasy, Sri Lanka. www.juliusandcreasy.com. Navindi Nayotana. Associate at Julius and Creasy, Sri Lanka. www.juliusandcreasy.com. Etienne Sands de Acido. Inter CEO. www.inter.org. Dr. Guillaume Henry. AIPPI. www.aippi.org. Alice Roy. Business developer at Ibsen, trademark portfolio management solution in the cloud, France. www.ibsen.com. Manisha Singh. Partner at Lex Orbis, India. www.lexorbis.com. Simran Buller. Associate at Lex Orbis, India. www.lexorbis.com. Arlene Castillo Sepulveda. Founding partner at Inventiva, Espacio Legal, Dominican Republic. www.inventivalegal.com. Natalie Dreyfus. Founder and managing partner at Dreyfus, Paris, France. www.dreyfus.fr. Bryce Nyakwa. IPOP agent at Minyogog and Associates Law Firm, Cameroon. www.minyogoglawfirm.com. Noma Emerua Masuik is Associate at Stillwaters Law Firm, Nigeria. www.stillwaterslaw.com. Susan Wheatie. Documentations and Communications Officer at Arapo. www.arapo.org. Serenor Karonku. Senior Partner at Onku. Onku at Law, Ghana. www.anguatlaw.com. Sue Leslie. Marketing Assistant at Patent Seekers, UK. www.patentseekers.com. Vladimir Byrayalin. Partner at Gorodiski, Russia. www.gorodiski.com. Page 6. Advertisement. The Global IP Matrix. IP news direct from industry thought leaders. Contact us today to share your industry news and stories. Email, info at gipmatrix.com or call us at plus 44-0203-813-0457. Trademarks, patents, copyright, trade secrets, brand protection. Page 7. Article. The Emergence and the Development of Performers' Rights in Sri Lanka. Written by Anami Wainagaskra, partner, and Navindi Nayotana, associate at Julius and Creasy, Sri Lanka. Copyright law was first introduced into Sri Lanka by the British under the Copyright Act of 1911. This act continued to apply to Sri Lanka until the first Intellectual Property Act came into operation in 1979. Interestingly, even though the local legal system acclaimed British copyright law, similar recognition was not given to those British rules relating to performers. Until 2003, performers had no specific protection for their live performance under Sri Lankan law. Internationally, performers' rights were recognized in the Rome Convention as a right given to performers to prevent unauthorized dealing with sound recording of musical performance. However, since Sri Lanka is not a member of the Rome Convention, performers' rights were not recognized under the 1979 IP Act. 
This situation changed with the amendment of the law to be TRIPS compliant with the Intellectual Property Act of 2003 coming into force. Essentially, the new law aims to prevent piracy, remunerate artists, and stop cover songs being made. Under Section 5 of the current IP Act, performers mean singers, musicians, and other persons who sing, deliver, declaim, play in or otherwise perform literary or artistic works or expressions of folklore. Performers' rights are separate from and additional to copyright in the material that is performed and the creator's or author's moral rights. Performers have the right to control and authorize the broadcasting and other communication of their performance to the public, the right to control the recording of their performance, and the right to control the reproduction of the sound recording. Performers are the first owners of the copyright in sound recordings of their performance and owners of the master recording. If the performance is recorded with the authorization of the performer, then the recording company becomes the copyright owner. Section 19 of the Act recognizes a special right of the performers and the producers of sound recordings. Accordingly, where a sound recording is published for commercial purposes, or reproduction of the sound recording is used directly for broadcasting or other forms of communication to the public or is publicly performed, the performer and the producer of the sound recording are entitled to receive from such user a single equitable remuneration. Unless otherwise agreed between the performer and the producer, the producer of the sound recording must pay half of the money received by him to the performer. Interestingly Section 19 only provides equitable remuneration for vocalists of sound recordings. This raises an important question as to why musical composers and lyric writers were not remunerated or recognized. Musicians, lyric writers, and singers were often forgotten by the media companies whose very existence was made possible due to the contributions made by these artists. It is said that under Sri Lankan performers' rights, the vocalists are better remunerated than the lyric writers. Although the 2003 Act specifically provides for a right of equitable remuneration for vocalists, until recently, there was no such system in place. The vocalists argued that despite the performers' rights regime recognizing singers as contributing creators in the music industry, it did not facilitate the receipt of an adequate share of remuneration for their performance. Under the Act, the singers are only entitled to receive a single equitable remuneration for their recordings when used for commercial purposes. This necessitated the implementation of a royalty payment scheme for music in Sri Lanka. The royalty payment scheme was welcomed not only by the vocalists but also by musical authors who were not able to benefit under the act. However, one major concern before the introduction of the royalty scheme was whether it would impose a creative hierarchy in the music industry. For example, vocalists seem to claim a stronger position in the entertainment industry, either parallel to the author's rights that the copyright law promises or even higher than the author's. When we look at other music industries in the world, for example, in the USA, it seems that authors in the industry are given a more secure economic prominence compared to vocalists. Under the US Copyright Act, when a recorded song is broadcast, the radio station pays the author a performance fee for the use made of the song, but the performers and the recording company do not receive a payment. To ensure the royalty scheme operates effectively, a regulation was passed in 2011 which established a minimum payment to be made to the lyricist, musician, and singer of the song in respect of broadcasting it on television and radio. However still, there were certain drawbacks in the system. In recognizing this, the government passed a regulation in 2019 that obliged not only the radio and television broadcasting organizations to pay royalty payments to the owners of a song or musical, but also the telecommunication service providers are now bound by the existing royalty payments scheme.
Page 9. New Segment Introduction Page. Voices of the Associations. Inter and AIPPI. Page 10. Keeping a Global Community Together During a Pandemic. Written by, Inter-CEO Etienne Sanz de Acido. Etienne Sanz de Acido joined Inter on July 1, 2013. As CEO, he works with the Board of Directors and Officers to recommend, formulate, and implement policies and programs for the association, is responsible for the administrative operation of the association's offices and the supervision of all staff, and is responsible for the development and administration of the annual budget. www.inter.org The International Trademark Association, INTA, is first and foremost a community. It is also a member-run organization. Former IBM CEO Louis V. Gerstner Jr. said, in the end, an organization is nothing more than the collective capacity of its people to create value. This is true for Inter and its members. In 2020, more than ever before, we came together in response to the unprecedented challenges presented by the COVID-19 pandemic. As they say, it takes a village. No doubt, last year was a catalyst moment for our association. We had to keep our community together. At the same time, one of the most important ways that Inter brings value to its members and the global intellectual property, IP, community is through the networking and business development opportunities that we facilitate. When we come together at these events, we build our networks and foster meaningful relationships. We do business. Moreover, these in-person gatherings nurture community spirit. As we've learned, though, we can create a similar atmosphere in a virtual environment and it's keeping our community together. Rebuilding a, virtual, community. How did we respond to the COVID-19 crisis? One of the most critical things we did was adopt a mindset that would allow us to constantly adapt to an evolving situation. We were agile and flexible but decisive. Truly embracing the third pillar of our 2018 to 2021 strategic plan, we embraced innovation and change. Most importantly, our highest priority was, and will always be, the health and safety of our community. This informed all our decisions. Early in the pandemic, we began expanding our digital offerings. This helped us keep our global community engaged as country-by-country -country lockdowns and social distancing measures were put in place. Fortunately, we had, by this time, already made significant headway on our multi-year digital transformation project. We reached the first major milestone in this project in June 2020 with the launch of a new website. We were able to provide our members with a clean, modern environment, intuitive navigation, responsive design, and a significantly improved user experience. We also launched Intertugo, an e-learning platform with a full calendar of on-demand and live webcasts for remote learning. We began hosting free virtual speed networking. Nearly 1,200 participants joined 99 sessions across various time zones over nine weeks. Early in the pandemic, we began producing the Inside Inter YouTube video to keep our global IP community updated on association activities and announcements. In addition, and quite fitting to the unexpected circumstances, the theme for our brand and new podcast series in 2020 was IP and change, with interviews covering a variety of topics related to the current crisis. In June last year, we also hosted our first virtual conference, the 2020 New York Conference, Brands in Society, Their Influence and Responsibility. With COVID-19, together with anti-racism protests taking place globally, the topic for this conference became even more pertinent. 
The event provided us with a tremendous learning experience in hosting virtual events, bringing a global community together. After a series of adjustments early in last year that included postponing the Singapore annual meeting and securing a new host city in the United States, where we had hoped at the time would be a safe location, it was clear that the pandemic was far from over. In May 2020, we made an incredibly difficult decision, announcing a combined and fully virtual 2020 annual meeting and leadership meeting in November. Certainly, we had a lot of work ahead of us, but we were no less optimistic about the event. Indeed, our goal from the very beginning was to deliver an extraordinary experience paralleled only by the extraordinary times that we are living through. And, although health and safety was our top priority and guiding these decisions, we also knew then that we were making a long-term investment and that no matter the format, once in-person meetings are feasible, they will be a blend of in-person and virtual, offering the best of both worlds. The months that followed were challenging. We were sprinting a marathon. But eventually, November arrived, and 3,339 registrants from 115 countries joined us virtually for the historic event, including more than 550 brand owner representatives. Also among the registrants were 340 government officials from 74 countries. The event featured a 12-track educational program with live, simulated live, and on-demand educational sessions to cater for registrants across multiple time zones. Networking and business development opportunities included old favorites such as speed networking, table topics, moderated discussions on timely issues, and one-on-one -on -one or group meeting rooms, including those for corporates to meet with outside counsel. The association also introduced InterConnect, a 24-hour networking platform, registrant directory, and appointment system, using artificial intelligence to match meeting registrants based on their unique profile interests, and even time zone preferences. Nearly 11,500 meetings were held within Interconnect during the course of the meeting. In the post-event survey, over 70% of respondents who used the platform said it helped them meet their meeting goals. The event also featured hospitality, various social events themed to sports, wellness, experiences, and a virtual exhibit hall. As with all that we do, we look for input on how we can improve upon what we deliver. With this, our first time out offering a fully virtual experience, registrants requested more support and guidance, more advanced exposure to and training on how to use the various networking tools. This was a tremendous learning experience. Nevertheless, it was also clear that we made a long-term and very worthwhile investment. We built it, and they came. The experience was positive. And virtual, in some shape or form, would now be a key feature of all our events moving forward. The remarkable level of activity and engagement throughout the meeting spoke volumes. The desire to come together was all too clear. The feedback from registrants was also very positive. Over three-quarters of respondents in the post-event survey said the meeting was better than other similar virtual events. We were incredibly proud of what we achieved and humbled by the support from our members. Mostly, we were happy to have brought our community together, albeit virtually. Entering 2021 with confidence, momentum, and optimism. The success of the 2020 annual meeting and leadership meeting boosted our confidence as we entered the new year. While the COVID-19 pandemic dragged on, we began 2021, knowing that we can overcome major obstacles. 2020 was a very productive year beyond our digital transformation and the expansion of our virtual offerings. Notwithstanding the external reality, internally, Inter-volunteers and staff forged ahead, 
fulfilling the objectives laid out for us in our 2018-2021 strategic plan. For example, last year, the association filed 125 letters, testimonies, and submissions to governments and non-government organizations globally. We also published seven research studies, including three seminal think tank reports looking at the future of the IP office, in-house practice, and IP law firms, respectively. Despite most staying home 24-7 during the pandemic, productivity remained high, and we entered 2021 with a wind in our sails. This confidence and momentum gave us optimism. We also knew that we could bring our community together for a fully virtual, engaging, productive, and enjoyable event. By June, we had hosted two more fully virtual events. In March, more than 200 registrants from 54 countries joined us for our What's Next for Brands, a view from Europe conference and focused discussions on the future for brands, specifically examining innovation and technology. And, in May, more than 1,450 registrants from 90-plus countries joined us at the 2021 Leadership Meeting. This meeting brings together inter-volunteers to advance the association's mission and strategic objectives. It also features an advanced educational program, this year themed around resilience, growth, and the future, and a slew of business development and networking opportunities. A Virtual Plus 2021 Annual Meeting Of course, we also entered 2021 with hope. Arguably, there isn't a person on the planet not clutching to hope, eager to see this horrific pandemic behind us and life returning to normal. It is important that we remain hopeful. At the same time, though, decisions must be made. The show must go on. For this to happen, we must be realistic, agile, and flexible. But, more than anything, we must be sympathetic to those in regions of the world where COVID-19 continues to cause severe suffering, and the health and safety of our community must come first. In this spirit, and after much reflection, research, and consultation, we decided that, rather than host an in-person meeting in Houston, Texas, on November 15 to the 19th, as originally scheduled, we will hold a virtual plus meeting during that same time. With the virtual plus format, we will provide high-quality educational content, dynamic business development sessions, and social activities on a virtual platform which, as proven by our past events, are very conducive to gathering for learning and networking. As announced in May, the educational program will follow five tracks that mirror some of Inter's key priorities, building a better society through brands, innovation and the future of IP, the business of brands, regional updates, and enforcement and anti-counterfeiting. Each day's programming will cover one of the five tracks. Also announced in May, with the plus element, we will hold on-site, one-day mini-conferences in four cities in different regions throughout the week of the meeting. They will take place on November 15th in Hong Kong SAR, China, November 16th in New York, New York, USA, November 17th in Berlin, Germany, and November 18th in Los Angeles, California, USA. Each mini-conference will have limited attendance and feature discussion forums, receptions, and other networking opportunities. With this approach, we will achieve the desired objective, to come together as a community, but in the safest, most sensitive, and most prudent way given the unsettling circumstances. Participants must register for the entire virtual meeting to register for an on-site mini-conference, which will carry an additional fee. Further details and registration information can be found on the Inter website. How has 2020 changed future strategies for Inter? 
it's clear that businesses will forever operate differently in a new environment, even when COVID-19 is truly behind us. 2020 was a catalyst moment for Inter and our community. We're projecting ourselves into the future and broadening our view of the future of the IP ecosystem. This year we're convening two new think tanks that will look at IP and the judiciary and technology in the service of IP. We will regularly repeat these types of research every few years so that we continually project ourselves into the future to better serve the present. We're focusing on culture and talent. To be agile and flexible, our members and staff must develop adaptive, transdisciplinary, forward-looking skills. Internally, our senior management team has been diving into what lies ahead for their areas of focus. This charge includes crafting embracing change, the future of reports to share and discuss with their peers on topics ranging from brand knowledge, legal resources department, to the future of work, transformed, employee experience department, to financial modeling and the ABC impact on business decisions, finance and administration. Whether prepared for external or internal consumption, these visionary endeavors will help drive our initiatives, programming, operations, and other aspects of the association. These are not one-time exercises. We are an evolving organization, and we embrace innovation and change. We refuse to stay the same. Last year, we had to rethink how we serve our members and bring them added value. We will continue to do this. In 2020, we had to reinvent ourselves to adapt to a new environment. Moving forward, we will be prepared to do this whenever we need to. Last year, we also refocused our sense of purpose and assumed greater responsibility in society. This will never change. This is how we are moving confidently into the future. This is how we are keeping our community together. Page 14. Quarter and half page advertisements. 1. Mark Inventor Intellectual Property Services. Your intellectual property agent in Eastern Europe and Asia. European Patent and Trademark Attorneys. Trademarks, Patents, Assignment, Industrial Designs, Opinions, Oppositions, Patent Annuities, Renewal Designs, Renewal Trademarks. Contact Details. Mark Inventor Company Limited e Intellectual Property Services. Glinsko Ulitsa 14 1000 Ljubljana Slovenia. Phone, plus 386-14266-503 Fax, plus 386-12510-508 Phone, plus 386-15404-331 Fax, plus 386-15243-118 Email, office at markinventor.c 2. Deep and Far Attorneys at Law since 1992. IP right prosecution and litigation. Corporate legal and consulting. IP value-added services. Focus, patents, trademarks, copyrights, trade secrets, unfair competition licensing, counseling, litigation, transactions. Territories, Taiwan, mainland China, Hong Kong, and Macau. Fields, mechanics, chemistry, pharmacy, biology, electronics, optics, telecommunications, and computer sciences. H address, 13th floor, 27, sec. 
3, Chung San N Road, Taipei, Taiwan Telephone, 886-258-566-887 Fax, 886-259-899-00-25978-989 Tilde email, email at deepenfar.com.tw website, http colon slash slash www.depenfar.com.tw Conference Advertisement Be part of the only event that unites women leaders in life sciences law for candid discussion, valuable collaborations and meaningful networking. 8th Annual Conference on Women Leaders in Life Sciences Law July 28, 2019 H, 2021, Virtual Conference Save 10% Mention Code, D10684684 DX01 Register today, page 15 Article Artificial Intelligence and Intellectual Property-AIPPI's Viewpoints Written by Dr. Guillaume Henry, AIPPI Author Biography AIPPI is the world's leading non-profit association dedicated to the development and improvement of laws for the protection of intellectual property, with over 8,000 members from 131 countries. Dr. Guillaume Henry is an assistant to the Reporter General of AIPPI. He is an IP litigator in Paris and a partner at Slepper Henry of Ocar. G.Henry at AP.org. The emergence of artificial intelligence in the last few years has implied important modifications in many fields, notably in the field of human creations, whether aesthetic, works, or technical, inventions. More and more creations are now made with assistance, to varying degrees, of artificial intelligence, and it is possible, if not probable, that creations can be made without human intervention in the future. These changes in the creation process raise many questions for intellectual property law, for practitioners, the doctrine, and jurisdictions, such as, should creations made with the assistance of artificial intelligence be protected by intellectual property rights, copyright, patent? Could artificial intelligence be designated as the author of a work or as the inventor of an invention? Should new intellectual property rights be created to protect AI-generated creations? or should existing legal regimes be amended. Since 2018, AIPPI, International Association for the Protection of Intellectual Property, which conducts scientific studies in all areas of intellectual property, has launched an ambitious and comprehensive research program on intellectual property and artificial intelligence. This research agenda has so far resulted in the adoption of three resolutions, the result of more than 100 country group reports and hundreds of hours of debate. In 2019, the resolution entitled Copyright in Artificially Generated Works, Here and After Copyright Resolution, was adopted at the London Congress. This resolution addresses the intersection of AI and copyright one. In 2020, the resolution titled IP and Data, Here and After Data Resolution, was adopted at the Online Congress. Data is intimately linked to artificial intelligence because data is the raw material of AI and the emergence of new uses and applications depend on it too. In 2020, the resolution entitled Inventorship of Inventions Made Using Artificial Intelligence, Here and After Patent Resolution, was also adopted 3. In addition, since 2018, AIPPI has also responded to various consultations launched by patent offices around the world for and has organized or co-organized several conferences and panel sessions on this topic 5. AIPPI is also participating in the WIPO conversation on IP and AI6. This research program is still ongoing. 
The purpose of this article is to provide an update on the principles that have already emerged from this AP work. 1. The definition of the inventor-slash-author and the protection by an IPR. The increasing use of AI to create intellectual works and technical inventions raises the question of the scope of protection of copyright and patent law. In particular, the questions are to determine whether the contribution of a natural person should be a condition for the protection of a work or an invention and whether artificial intelligence should be able to be qualified as the author of a work or an inventor. Whether in patent law or copyright law, AIPPI considers that only a natural person should be recognized as an author or inventor. Regarding the conditions for the protection of a creation by intellectual property rights, AIPPI considers that the creation by a natural person should be a condition for copyright protection. On the other hand, in patent law, AP has several considerations. AIPPI is opposed to copyright protection under the Berne Convention for works created by artificial intelligence without human intervention. ARPPI has laid down the fundamental principle that the creation of a work by a natural person should remain the condition for copyright protection. AI-generated works should only be eligible for copyright protection if there is human intervention in the creation of the work and provided that the other conditions for protection are met. AI-generated works should not be protected by copyright without human intervention. Point 2 of the Copyright Resolution. Furthermore, Point 3 states that, the originality, of the generated work resulting from the human intervention should be a condition for copyright protection. This does not mean that AIPPI is opposed to any protection of AI-generated work, without human contribution, but not by copyright in the sense of the Berne Convention. AIPPI is thus not opposed to the protection of AI-generated works without human intervention, for instance, by existing related rights or sui generis rights regimes. Indeed, Point 5 of the Copyright Resolution states that, AI-generated works may be eligible for protection other than copyright, as set forth in RBC, Revised Berne Convention, even without human intervention. AI-generated works should not be precluded from obtaining protection of existing related rights on the basis that they are AI-generated and should obtain that protection as long as they meet the required criteria for obtaining protection. Jurisdictions may grant exclusive rights protection under their copyright regimes, not in the sense of the RBC, as far as such protection already exists. With respect to patent law, AIPPI states the principle that only a natural person can be named as the inventor of an invention, an AI should not be considered an inventor or co-inventor of an invention, nor be permitted to be named as such, even if no contribution to the invention by a natural person is identifiable. Point 5 of the Patent Resolution. Nevertheless, with respect to the protection of inventions made using AI, AIPPI considers that an invention should not be excluded from patent protection merely because an AI contributed to the invention. Point 5. In addition, AIPPI resolved that inventions using AI to such a degree that it is not possible to identify a natural person as the inventor should be patentable if other conditions for patentability are met, in order to foster innovation. Inventions made using AI should not be excluded from patent protection per se, regardless of whether there is a sufficient contribution by a natural person to be named as the inventor and provided that there is a natural or legal person named as an applicant. Point 6. In conclusion, only a natural person should be recognized as the author of a work or inventor of an invention. As far as protection is concerned, only a work created by a natural person should benefit from copyright protection.
However, with respect to patents, ARPPA considers that even if the degree of contribution by a natural person to an invention using AI is too low for that person to be designated as an inventor, patent protection should nevertheless be possible, provided that the conditions of patentability are met. 2. The degree of intervention of a natural person in the process of creation of a work or an invention. Works and inventions made using AI generally follow the same creation process. First, an AI algorithm is created. Then, the AI is trained with input data. Finally, the AI system creates, or helps to create, several works or inventions. AIPPI study questions have made it possible to determine AIPPI's position on the required degree of human intervention at each of these stages of the creation for the work or invention to be protectable by an IPR. A. The creation of the AI algorithm. AIPPI considers that the creation of the AI system by a natural person is not in itself sufficient to benefit from IPR's protection. With respect to copyright, the resolution resolves that, the AI-generated work should not be eligible for copyright protection merely because of the human creation of the AI system to achieve a worker's output, point two of the copyright resolution. However, regarding patents, if the AI algorithm was designed by a natural person to solve a predetermined problem that is actually solved by the invention, that natural person should be considered an inventor of the invention, point four b of the patent resolution. On the contrary, if the AI algorithm was a generic AI algorithm designed without a specific problem in mind, the natural person who designed the AI algorithm should not be considered an inventor absent of another intellectual contribution to the inventive concept, Edom. b. The selection of inputs for training of the AI system. The selection of data, input, for training an AI algorithm has a crucial influence on the output, for example, a work or an invention. Therefore, an important question is whether the selection of the data source, input, by a natural person for training an AI system is sufficient for patent and copyright protection. In both cases, AIPPI considers that the invention and the work should be protected by IPR. Regarding copyright, the resolution states that, the AI-generated work should be eligible for copyright protection where there are human data selection criteria for input into the AI into the AI. On the contrary, the resolution considers that the AI-generated work should not be eligible for copyright protection when there is only non-human data selection or non-human data selection criteria, point two of the copyright resolution. With respect to patents, the resolution states that a natural person who selects data or a data source for training an AI algorithm or selects or generates data or selects a data source for input to a trained AI algorithm should be considered an inventor or co-inventor of an invention made using that AI algorithm if the data or data source is generated or selected with the purpose of solving a predetermined problem and the invention effectively solves the problem. Points 4 C and D of the patent resolution. C. Human selection of one of several outcomes, works or inventions. The power of AI systems is considerable, so the number of creations made by the systems can be immense. The question arises as to whether the selection by a natural person of one creation among the many created by the AI system is a sufficient criterion to benefit from protection by an IPR. Regarding copyright, AIPPI considers that the selection by a natural person of a work among others is not sufficient to benefit from copyright protection. The AI-generated work should not be eligible for copyright protection merely because of a human selection of one work from the newly generated works. Point 2 of the copyright resolution. On the contrary, 
With respect to patents, the resolution considers that a natural person who recognizes that the result of an AI algorithm constitutes an invention should be considered an inventor or a co-inventor of that invention. Point 4E of the patent resolution. 3. The lack of a need to create new intellectual property rights to protect creations generated by AI. The emergence of new technologies, photography, software, chemistry and now AI regularly leads to a debate among lawyers as to whether a new intellectual property right should be created or whether the current regimes are sufficient. On this point, AIPPI considers that it is currently too early to advocate the creation of new intellectual property rights to protect AI-generated creations. On copyright, AIPPI considers that it is too early to decide whether AI-generated works, which are currently not protectable by copyright, should be protected by a new specific related right. As AI is still developing, it is too early to take a position on the question whether AI-generated works that are not covered by such existing protection should be eligible for exclusive rights protection as a related right or as exclusive rights under copyright, not in the sense of the RBC, point 5 of the Copyright Resolution. In addition, at the 2020 AIPPI World Congress, the question of whether to create a sui generis right to protect data was particularly debated. The data resolution addresses the question of intellectual property rights, on the one hand, unstructured data, i.e., a collection of information arranged in a systematic or methodical way and individually accessible by electronic or other means, and, on the other hand, on unstructured data, i.e., any information of any kind, not structured and not arranged in a systematic or methodical way. Regarding unstructured data, AIPPI is not in favor of the creation of a new specific IPR. The data resolution resolves that without prejudice to existing rights, mere data should not be eligible for protection by a new specific IP right such as a new sui generis right. Point two. As for structured data, databases, AIPPI considers that they should be protected by a sui generis right, as it is the case for instance in the EU without prejudice to any protections which may arise under copyright and under laws relating to undisclosed information, unfair competition and contracts, databases should be eligible for protection by a sui generis right, where there has been a substantial investment, financial or otherwise, in obtaining, verifying or presenting the content of the database. Point 3 of the data resolution. 4. Current study on the inventiveness and sufficiency of disclosure of AI inventions. In 2021, AIPPI is continuing its work on AI and patent law by conducting a new study question on inventiveness and disclosure sufficiency issues for inventions involving AI, i.e., inventions made partially or entirely by AI and or inventions consisting of new or improved AI. This study question focuses on 1. Possible specifics when assessing the inventive step of AI inventions, 2. The definition of a skilled person in the art with respect to the increasing use of AI in the invention process, and 3. A review of current disclosure sufficiency standards regarding AI inventions. This study question includes determining whether, when assessing inventive step, the law should differentiate between an invention made by a human using AI technology and inventions made autonomously by an AI. Whether the increasing use of AI in the inventive process should change the definition of a skilled person. Whether the increasing use of AI should change the sufficiency of disclosure test. Whether it should be possible to overcome a possible lack of disclosure sufficiency by submitting a deposit of AI software or data. This study question will be discussed at the online congress in October 2021. Conclusion 
Intellectual property law has over time shown a certain robustness that allows it to adapt to successive technical developments, including the ongoing development of AI. AIPPI considers that current copyright and patent law allow, at least for now, for the effective protection of creations made, in whole or part, by artificial intelligence and that it is still too early to create new intellectual property rights. On the other hand, in the field of artificial intelligence, even more than in other fields, international harmonization of rules is desirable. Thus, by continuing its work on the relationship between AI and intellectual property rights, AIPPI is pursuing its mission of studying national and regional IP laws in order to propose practical, clear and innovation-friendly harmonization principles and texts. Page 19. Conference Advertisement. Ector, Vienna 21st to 22nd of October 2021. Waltzing with IP. 39th Annual Conference. Come and join us in Vienna for ECTA 2021. Contact us, ECTA Secretariat. www.ecta.org Telephone plus 32-2513-5285. Page 20. Article. Securing Data in the Cloud. Written by Alice Roy, Business Developer at IPZen, Trademark Portfolio Management Solution in the Cloud. The digitization of information systems is both a vector of competitiveness and modernity but it is also a vector of risks. The use of the cloud is the perfect illustration of this new paradigm which has gradually become part of the organization of work in companies. In recent years, cloud computing has become the new must-have tool for all businesses. It now covers many areas of activity. This storage platform effectively secures all business data while facilitating its transfer over the Internet. When personal data is stored in a cloud, it is entrusted to the cloud provider which therefore acts as a personal data processor within the meaning of Article 28 of Regulation, EU 2016-679 the European Parliament and of the Council of April 27, 2016, on the protection of individuals with regard to the processing of personal data and the free movement of such data, and repealing Directive 9546, EC, General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR. This subcontracting activity is authorized by the GDPR but is strongly regulated. In particular, the subcontractor must provide for sufficient guarantees in terms of security and confidentiality when processing personal data. These guarantees are formalized in specific subcontracting clauses signed between the subcontractor, cloud provider, and the data controller, the user of the service, the customer. Software based on cloud technology offers various advantages. The cloud does not require planning for maintenance and updates since they are performed automatically. Likewise, recovery procedures are provided to solve potential problems, often even before users have detected them. The latest cloud-based software incorporates various data security measures. Epivision, a tool designed with the constant concern of securing its customers' data, founded in 2014 by Harbor Technologies, a software publisher and online services company for the management of intellectual property assets, IPZen offers intellectual property attorneys and their law firms a collaborative and intuitive tool created by lawyers for lawyers. The main goal of this innovative cloud solution is to offer the freedom to work remotely or at the office in complete security on all IP files and brand portfolios. IPZen is a centralized, intuitive and secure cloud-based case management solution that allows you to consolidate your cases in one place and save time. This management tool supports you in protecting your data thanks to its simple and intuitive platform.
The trademark portfolio management tool is designed for intellectual property professionals. It offers complete access to all the brand portfolios you manage as well as those of your clients. IPSAN is a fully modular and customizable solution according to the needs of our customers. The platform consists of a common base comprising a dashboard, an agenda to manage deadlines, a case management module, and a directory. In addition, additional modules are integrated into it, a module dedicated to trademarks, invoicing and another relating to domain names. The IPSAN software protects your data with a password. Moreover, users may optionally benefit from an encrypted data service to ensure that their data can never be used by malicious third parties. Besides, IPSAN also provides you with a feature to restrict access to specific files and allow access to the system only to logged in users. The tool is constantly updated with all the latest security measures. Migrating a company's IT system to cloud technology ultimately benefits the business. Indeed, users of services of the IPZEN solution can focus on more essential tasks in their work. By choosing the IPZEN software, you don't have to worry about a lack of control. Regular maintenance, recovery procedures, data backups and updates are carried out automatically. Security is our first concern. In that view, our team offers cloud technology, made up of dedicated servers that govern a pre-installed virtualization solution. Each customer has their dedicated virtual server in our cloud space. There is no risk of confusion between users' data. The connection to his virtual machine is secured and encrypted using an organization SSL certificate. This authenticates the customer's virtual machine and ensures that there is no interceptor attack. IPZEN uses software as a service, SaaS, to optimize and secure its data so that the company can focus on its expansion. Indeed, this tool has become a fundamental instrument of efficiency and performance for IPZEN, which allows the company to access the servers at any time by a simple internet connection while making it possible to protect its data. With this setup, the company doesn't have to worry about anything. Everything is under the responsibility of the service provider, who ensures complete management. All the company needs to do is log in with a password to access all data safely. Thus, the cloud allows companies to manage their data in the most secure way possible while benefiting from a considerable storage center, easily accessible thanks to its fluidity. Apart from controlling the budget, the cloud also saves time and space and therefore maximizes the profitability of their activities. In addition, we have included a continuous backup service for our customers' data in IPZEN. The backup strategy thus allows retroactive recovery of your data for up to one year. Therefore, we offer a 100% secure solution as well as permanent technical support to our customers. IPZEN.com Page 22 Advertisement IPZEN Intellectual property made easy. Legal cases and trademarks portfolio management collaborative and intuitive solution, IPZEN gives you the ability to work anywhere and anytime in total security, on your entire cases and trademarks portfolio. Designed by IP lawyer for IP professionals, law firms and corporations, IPZEN has been developed to meet the requirements and challenges of managing entire IP rights portfolios. Hosted on a highly secured private cloud with a dedicated virtual machine, IPZEN is accessible at any time and anywhere in the world in French and English. Trademarks Management Precise search of your files on the basis of numerous criteria. Individual monitoring of your assets linked to any folder referenced in the cloud. Follow-up of the registration procedure color-coded. 
automatic calculation of the dates of renewal and declaration of use, step-by-step -step entry of your assets, addition of documents within the brand card, constantly updated of legislations. For a free demonstration or further information email, contact at ipzen.com or telephone, plus double three, oh, one eight four, one seven four, five three two. Page 23. Article. Much Ado About Nothing, Court Resolves Issue Over a Fictional Acronym. Written by Manisha Singh, Partner, and Simran Bulla, Associate at Lex Orbis, India. Any resemblance to reality is purely coincidental, a statement often seen as a disclaimer before the beginning of feature films. Across languages, the words may vary, but the essence remains the same. This necessarily serves the purpose of avoiding legal disputes from an entity that may assume that the fictitious representation violates its rights. The disclaimer can be held invalid if the entity is successful in proving its claim. For this to become true, there must be a strong case. In the case of Dr. Reddy's Laboratories Limited vs. Eros International Media Limited and another, the Delhi High Court dealt with the claim of trademark disparagement through an acronym DRL depicted in an Indian feature film Hearty Mir Sathi. The plaintiff, a multinational pharmaceutical company, engaged in the business of manufacturing, marketing, and distribution of pharmaceutical, nutritional, and cosmetic products, approached the court with an appeal to prevent the release of the movie, alleging that the use of the plaintiff's registered mark DRL interferes with their exclusive intellectual property rights. The mark was registered in 2007 in Class 5, Pharmaceutical Preparations, as an acronym for the plaintiff's full name, Dr. Reddy's Laboratory. The case was filed against Eros International Media Limited, a leading global motion movie production and distribution company that is the producer of the movie, and Mr. Prabhu Solomon, the director of the movie. In February 2020, the plaintiff company came to know through the trailer that the Hindi-language movie depicts a villainous corporation by the name of DRL who wants to build a DRL township by destroying an elephant corridor and habitat from the area. Aggrieved, the plaintiff believed this to be derogatory as it portrays the registered trademark DRL in a bad light. The deliberate negative depiction and the unauthorized use of the mark DRL would adversely affect the plaintiff's long-standing reputation and prompt mistrust amongst the public. The plaintiff had also sent a legal notice to the defendant in March 2020, per which it demanded the infringing scenes to be removed from the movie. The defendants responded by saying that the mark DRL refers to a fictional corporate entity named Drishti Refineries Limited. Also, the movie's release was postponed for a year, and another trailer was released in March 2021. The plaintiff moved the court to stall the release to prevent the alleged infringement. They stated that the release of the movie would impact its sales, share price, reputation, internal environment, business, etc., as people would assume that the plaintiff must have been part of encroachment of the restricted area, for which reason the producers have chosen the name DRL Township for its movie. Further, the plaintiff submitted that the defendant should use the full name Drishti Refineries Limited in the movie instead of the acronym DRL to avoid confusion. The defendant stated that the name DRL or DRL Township used in the movie does not signify the goods and services for which the plaintiff had it registered. The plaintiff had no right to claim exclusive ownership over the mark DRL since plenty of other registered marks exist in different classes.
Supported with precedent, the defendant reiterated that the plaintiff could not seek postponement in the movie's release because the claim is based on conjecture since the alphabets are used in a fictional work of art. Trademark DRL registered in different classes, source. They also cited delay in the plaintiff's action as the suit was instituted just a week before the movie's scheduled release. The defendant argued that the right to freedom of speech allows them to use the acronym slash letters DRL in creative fictional works. The movie is not a documentary, but a feature film and does not relate or revert to pharmaceutical companies in the slightest. The plaintiff cannot claim monopoly over the English alphabets D, R, L. It was impractical to edit the movie at the juncture on short notice. The verdict. The court tackled the matter thoroughly. The main issues were. What is the plaintiff's right over the acronym slash letters DRL? Whether the use of the name DRL in the movie amounts to infringement of the plaintiff's registered trademark? Whether the plaintiff delayed action? To resolve the first issue, the court noted that the plaintiff did not submit evidence to show that the mark DRL was being used in advertisements, invoices, packaging, etc., except for news articles where the acronym was preceded or followed by the full name of the plaintiff company. A reference was made to the judgment passed by the Supreme Court in the case of Corn Products Refining Company Limited v. Shangri-La Food Products Limited, where it was held that it is not permissible to draw any inferences to use from the mere presence of the mark on the register. To sustain an action of infringement, it is imperative to exhibit continuous and sustained use of the mark, to demonstrate that it has acquired distinctiveness. Moreover, Registration of a mark in one class does not give an unrestricted right in all the other classes. The plaintiff could not prove that the marks DRL and Dr. Reddy's laboratories are not synonymous, hence, he does not have an absolute right over the acronym slash letters DRL. When deciding whether an infringement has occurred, the court stated that the usage of DRL in the film is not standalone but a composite term such as DRL, Drishti Refineries Limited or DRL Group or DRL Township. In the movie, the stated entity dealt with setting up refinery plants, which was different from the plaintiff's line of work. The argument of the plaintiff that the evil portrayal of the name DRL would malign its reputation was far-fetched, baseless, and lacked material foundation. Since the trailer of the movie had been in the public domain for a year already, the plaintiff could not show any adverse impact on its business during this time frame. The usage of the mark bore no resemblance to the plaintiff's mark or business and would not confuse the minds of the public, hence, no infringement had occurred. Depiction of the name DRL in the movie, source. Finally, the court noted that the plaintiff had caused a delay in acting against the defendant. It knew of the purported infringement since 2020 and yet did not act on it until a week before the movie's release. The plaintiff could not justify the delay, and the timing was highly suspect and belated. The court held that this laxity would disentitle the plaintiff of the discretionary relief of injunction, which is based on equity. On the ground of delay, the plaintiff would be disentitled to the relief of injunction as sought for in the suit. The court supported the defendant's contentions and arguments. It opined that the plaintiff could not invoke its proprietary rights over the mark DRL in this instance. The mark that was used in the film did not bear any similarity to the business of the plaintiff. To ensure that, the defendants have put a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie to clarify the possibility of coincidental similarities and resemblances, in the following words, all characters appearing in this work are fictitious. Any resemblance to real persons, living or dead, is purely coincidental. The plaintiff could not present a strong case in its favor, 
the balance of convenience lay in favor of the defendants. Therefore, the court ruled that the suit was devoid of merit and was dismissed accordingly. Key Takeaways Many unusual trademark infringement cases have been brought before courts over the years, yet this case is seasoned with several oddities. A plaintiff is claiming cross-class rights over an acronym depicted in a fictional work. The court reduced the mark to a mere three letters of the English alphabet, when arranged in a particular manner, this offended the plaintiff. The plaintiff also failed to establish an actual loss to the business, which is stated to be the main motivation behind the suit. The mark that was used in the movie did not make any impact on the plaintiff's business. The public at large did not relate both the marks with the business of the plaintiff as the fictional entity was in an entirely different line of work. The three basic principles of injunction which can make or break a case are prima facie case, balance of convenience, and an irreparable injury. The plaintiff could not satisfy a single condition. Hence, on these grounds, the court favored the defendant. Page 26. Advert. Lexorbis. Intellectual Property Attorneys. Your most trusted IP partner. New Delhi, Mumbai, Bengaluru. Website, www.lexorbis.com. Email, mail at lexorbis.com. Telephone, plus 911-123-716-565. Page 27. Article. NFTs viewed through the lenses of trademark law. Written by Arlene Castillo Sepulveda, founding partner at Inventiva, Espathio Legal, Dominican Republic. The topic of non-fungible tokens, hereafter, NFTs, has had an incredible explosion this year. Many of the cases that have attracted the most attention in the media have in common the high cost of transactions. For instance, for more than 13 years, Artist People has created a digital work of art daily and the collection of the first 5,000 works was sold at Christie's in March 2021 for $69.3 million at auction. In March 2021, the founder of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, sold his first tweet for $2.9 million. The tweet said, just setting up my TWTTR, Dorsey first posted it on March 21, 2006. A digital meme of a flying cat with a pop-tart body leaving a rainbow rail created by Chris Torres was sold for $600,000. Zoe Roth sold the original photograph of the meme Disaster Girl for $500,000. These are just a few examples of the rapidly evolving world of NFTs. ONFT is a type of token with a unique digital asset and has no equal token, it does not have the ability to be exchanged for another, it is not fungible. A dollar can be exchanged with another dollar, but an NFT is unique, therefore, it cannot be exchanged. We may understand an NFT as an artwork, these are different in quality and value. They usually cannot be exchanged between themselves, so they are considered non-fungible. Another example is two football cards, each one is unique, each NFT can be unique, one is not substituted for the other. Bitcoins and other fungible tokens are identical by design and therefore are fungible between themselves, but NFTs are unique, and at some point, they are for for sale the idea of scarcity, and it has been said that the high cost of NFTs is often given for the fear of missing out. It is important to say that NFTs can be a digital image, sports memorabilia, plots of land in virtual space, a sound file, a meme, a tweet, art in the physical world, amongst others. However, the person who buys an NFT should be clear on the fact that their purchase does not include intellectual property, hereafter IP, rights such as copyrights, 
trademarks or even the exclusive ownership of the asset. What they are buying for sure is an authentic copy and the right of bragging. Whether or not we agree, whether we will buy NFTs, we are facing reality, new products and services have been placed in an innovative market. In these new ways of doing business, IP is present in a very special way. So, what should IP lawyers, especially trademark attorneys, know about NFTs? In this world of NFTs, there are many new terms, and it is relevant to know some of the definitions involved, as the following. Bitcoin, it was the first cryptocurrency based on the proof-of-work blockchain, created in 2009 by Satoshi Nakamoto, whose real identity is unknown. A Bitcoin is a digital currency invented without a central bank, they are stored in a digital wallet and can be interchangeable, you can send Bitcoins to other people, and all the transactions are recorded in blockchain. Bitcoin doesn't have a single person or organization in charge. Satoshi Nakamoto referred to it as a new electronic cash system that's fully peer-to-peer, -peer, with no trusted third party. Blockchain, the core concept is simple, it is a type of database that stores information in blocks of data linked together. Blocks are chained together using a cryptographic signature. Cryptocurrency, this is a digital currency secured by cryptography. Many cryptocurrencies are decentralized networks based on blockchain technology. They are generally not issued by any central authority and are immune to government interference. The transfer of funds and the creation of units are made using encryption techniques. Smart contract, are programs in the form of automated contracts that facilitate the exchange of nearly any good or service, increasing the transparency of the transaction. Their terms are recorded in a computer language and not a legal language, they are coded once a set of conditions is met. Digital Wallet This is a software-based system that securely stores digital assets, cryptocurrency. It has an address for sending and receiving funds. The owner of a digital asset, as an artwork, photo, song, meme, video, audio or other types of digital files, can place it in the digital market as an NFT on a blockchain which certifies the authenticity uniqueness of the asset and that it is not interchangeable. It can be purchased by a third party using a digital wallet. However, the new owner will have proof of ownership separated from copyright, and this means that the buyer will not necessarily receive copyright privileges when the ownership of the NFT is changed, so the original owner is allowed to create more NFTs of the same work. Besides the basics that we have seen until now, trademark attorneys should be prepared for legal advice on this innovative topic. We do not know how long this new way to do business will be available, but the reality is that it is becoming more used and popular each day and professionals of trademark law must be prepared to speak this language to keep up with their clients. Regarding trademark applications, we should be prepared to file applications for blockchain-related goods or services, including NFT and cryptocurrency services. At some of the world's trademarks databases, we can find the following trademarks registrations and applications containing related terms to the crypto language, amongst we, can mention. United States Trademark Application Number 90582195 for trademark NFT in the name of CryptoMedia.com Limited Protecting Classes 9, 16, 21, 25, 35, 40, 41 and 42. These specifications of goods can be of special interest, class 9, digital photo frames, downloadable computer software for managing cryptocurrency transactions using blockchain technology, OLED, organic light emitting diode, 
display panels, downloadable computer software for managing and verifying cryptocurrency transactions on a blockchain. Including blockchain, we found at the United States Patent and Trademarks Office more than 500 applications and registrations, one of them is NFT blockchain, trademark application number 90,563,859 in the name of NFT blockchain, LLC covering class 35, insurance services, financial services, monetary services, real estate services, blockchain services, decentralized finance services, cryptocurrency services, data storage services, data security services, authentication services, cryptocurrency node validation services. MetaMask, registered in the United States Patent and Trademarks Office under registration number 5,507,510 in the name of Davis, Aaron James to protect in class 9. Computer software for providing an interface between an internet browser and distributed computing platforms. Computer software for accessing distributed computing platforms. Computer software that provides a user interface for managing digital identities and for signing blockchain transactions. Computer software for securing digital identities. Downloadable applications for implementing blockchain transactions and for managing digital identities. Computer application software used to manage and verify digital identities and associated data transactions utilizing blockchain-based platforms. Computer software for encryption. Software for execution and management of secure data transactions. At the WIPO IP portal, we found the trademark registration number 402017025111X, originated in Singapore for trademark Ethereum in the name of Ethereum Foundation, Stiftung Ethereum, it covers the following goods, Class 9, computer application software for blockchain-based platforms, namely, software for distributed applications, computer software platforms for distributed computing platforms, computer software platforms for blockchains. Class 41, educational services, namely, developing, arranging, and conducting educational conferences and programs and providing courses of instruction in the field of distributed computing platforms, educational services, namely, developing, arranging, and conducting educational conferences and programs and providing courses of instruction in the field of blockchains, arranging and conducting educational conferences. Class 42, Design, Development, and Implementation of Software for Distributed Computing Platforms, Design development, and implementation of software for blockchains, research and development of computer software, software development and product development consulting in the field of distributed computing platforms. OpenC, which is called the largest NFT marketplace, received the United States trademark registrations numbers 5,797,815 and 5,797,816 and class 35 for services including providing an online marketplace for buyers and sellers of crypto collectibles and in class 42 creation of online retail stores for others in the nature of a web-based service that allows users to create hosted crypto collectible and blockchain-based non-fungible token stores. From the above, we can have a clear idea of what classes and products and services are of interest in this world of NFTs. Licensing Considerations IP rights owners may increase their benefits of this emerging and lucrative market through licensing. There are opportunities and risks associated with licensing assets on the blockchain. Therefore, IP attorneys should start considering NFTs within existing licenses, for example, there should be a provision about the use of the IP rights in the blockchain.
When granting a license, it is important to take into account whether they will permit their IP rights to be used as NFTs, and if so, what will be the limits. Licensing contracts should provide the method by which an NFT will be created. The administration of royalty payments should also be considered since one of the technological advances of NFTs is the possibility to track the resale, which makes it possible to account for the potential royalties of the resale of the NFTs, through smart contracts. If the licensed work is not for use in NFTs, it is wise to specify in the license agreement that the licensee is not allowed to create NFTs based on the licensed work. Policing of infringement The best time to enforce IP rights in the NFTs world is when the infringing NFT is listed on an exchange but before the NFT is sold. Because once the NFT is sold, it is challenging to enforce since we are in the presence of a pseudo-anonymous nature of NFT ownership. Also blockchain transactions are immutable. NFT are often associated with a digital wallet address, but it requires sophisticated computer forensics. It is convenient for IP owners to have a watch service to identify potential infringements of their rights in the space of NFTs, to monitor and stop unauthorized use of their intellectual property. Due to the flourishing that NFTs have had lately, it is inevitable for intellectual property attorneys to jump into this NFT world together with the IP owners. It is a new world, with different products and services and innovative ways to commercialize them and subsequently unique advice, cases, and contracts. The world is evolving fast, and so should IP attorneys. Page 30. Article. Intellectual Property and International Sustainable Development Goals. What to Keep in Mind. Written by Natalie Dreyfus, founder and managing partner at Dreyfus, Paris, France, French, and European trademark attorney, appointed expert at the Paris Court of Appeal, the WIPO Arbitration and Mediation Center, and the National Arbitration Forum, NAF. Climate change has become a major concern for the international community over the years and now calls for urgent action to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and carbon footprints. In the light of these sustainable development goals, social, environmental, and corporate governance policies and actions are from now on at the very heart of companies' investment management. In this context, intellectual property assets, which grant temporary monopolies for companies on certain inventions and distinctive signs, may serve as an incentive for the creation of clean technologies that will benefit society as a whole. Intellectual property assets have hence a crucial role to play in achieving global sustainable development goals. Contemplating Increased Environmental Corporate Social Responsibility Rules A legislative and regulatory framework has emerged to tackle the need for more sustainable development. This framework sets up more stringent corporate social responsibility rules and requires companies to integrate sustainable development considerations into their business activities. At international level, the need for more sustainable development was already stemming from the provisions of the Stockholm Declaration in 1972, Declaration of the United Nations Conference on the Human Environment. Later on, in 1987, the Brundtland Report gave, for the very first time, a definition of sustainable development, report of the World Commission on Environment and Development, as development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. More recently, the ISO 26000 standard, published in 2010, set up an international standard to promote goods practices in terms of corporate social responsibility and placed sustainable development at the forefront of concerns.
In 2015, the United Nations adopted the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, which provides 17 Sustainable Development Goals (SDGs) and calls for action by all countries to improve health, education, reduce inequalities, and preserve natural resources. For its part, the European Union, the Directive 2014-95-EU on the publication of non-financial and diversity-related information by certain large companies and groups promotes transparency. It also requires public interest entities, as defined in Article 2F of Directive 2014-56-EU of the European Parliament and of the Council of 16 April 2014 on statutory audits of annual accounts and consolidated accounts, with more than 500 employees to provide in their management report a statement including information, to the extent necessary for an understanding of the development of the business, performance, situation of the company and the impact of its activity relating at least to environmental issues, social and personnel issues, respect for human rights and anti-corruption. At national scale, the same trend can be observed. In France, for instance, the Pact Law of 2019, Action Plan for Business Growth and Transformation, L, N degrees 2019 to 486, contains provisions that strengthen corporate social responsibility and aims at rethinking the social role of the company to place sustainable development at its heart. From then on, Article 1833 of the French Civil Code provides that the company is managed in its social interest by considering social and environmental issues. Similarly, Article 1835 of the same Civil Code allows companies to specify their raison d'etre in their bylaws. Articles L210-10, L210-11 and L210-12 of the Commercial Code create mission businesses meant to pursue specific social and environmental goals. It is now clear that companies have a crucial role in the fight against global warming and the development of renewable energies. Investors must comply with demanding social, environmental and governance standards and take into account the impact of the company business on the environment. This calls for rethinking the management strategy of intellectual property assets. 2. Rethinking management of intellectual property assets to support sustainable development To meet the rules on corporate social responsibility and support sustainable development goals, companies must now rethink their investment policy and the management of their intellectual property assets. In many ways, intellectual property is key to enable sustainable development. Ethical and Environmental Considerations First, ethical and environmental considerations have become key factors in a brand's reputation. Beyond guaranteeing the origin of a product, ECJ, Case 119-75, Terrapin, Overseas, Limited v. Terranova Industry C.A. Capfra and Company 5, the 22nd of June 1976, trademarks have thus become key assets to convey the company values and commitments in response to environmental, social and governance concerns. A study of the Institute for Business Value together with the National Retail Federation in June 2020, Meet the 2020 Consumers Driving Change, reveals that 77% of consumers say that it is at least moderately important that brands are sustainable and environmentally responsible. Faced with this new challenge, trademark law has to adapt and consider this new aspect of trademarks. This highly valuable asset, renewable indefinitely, is increasingly understood as a guarantee of quality. In France, Article 359 of the above-mentioned Pact Law grants protection to certification trademarks suitable for distinguishing products or services for which the material, method of manufacture or delivery, quality, accuracy or other characteristics are guaranteed.
Such protection rewards the contribution of companies to a more sustainable development. Also, when the Greenpeace Association parodied the ESO trademarks to denounce the environmental damage caused by certain industrial activities, the French Supreme Court ruled that such parodic use does not qualify as trademark infringement and that the constitutional principle of freedom of expression allowed Greenpeace to express such concerns. French Supreme Court, No. 06-10.961, SOV. Greenpeace, 8 April 2008. Therefore, Companies that do not wish to consider environmental factors in their investment strategies face significant damage to their image. In order to properly control the implementation of social, environmental, and corporate governance policies and actions of the brand, it is paramount to include such environmental considerations within the terms and conditions of operation in trademark license agreements. Moreover, Sustainable development goals call for a strong adaptation of patent law to accelerate the development of green technologies. Technology transfers, licenses, and communications of know-how are critical tools to support technical advances in sustainable development. To draft patentability requirements in accordance with SDGs, national legislators may rely on Article 27.2 of the Agreement on Trade-Related Aspects of Intellectual Property Rights TRIPS, of 15 April 2014 which states that members may exclude from patentability inventions, the prevention within their territory of the commercial exploitation of which is necessary to protect public order or morality, including to protect human, animal or plant life or health or to avoid serious prejudice to the environment, provided that such exclusion is not made merely because their law prohibits the exploitation. In 2013, to incentivize the development of sustainable technologies, the World International Intellectual Property Organization, WIPO, has created the WIPO Green Exchange platform to connect inventors and experts in clean technologies. As set out in WIPO 2018 report entitled WIPO and the Sustainable Development Goals, Innovation Driving Human Progress Thanks to this project, the German Water Foundation, Wasserstiftung, and Munich-based Aquilonis got in touch to develop and commercialize the cloud fissure technology, which provides clean water to communities that suffer from water shortages, and is currently protected by trademark and patent rights. Besides, WIPO created the WIPO Re, Search Public-Private Partnership to tackle malaria and tuberculosis and also more neglected tropical diseases. The partnership relies on research partnerships, knowledge exchange, and a database of intellectual property assets to facilitate licensing or collaboration. As shown in the above-mentioned WIPO report, this initiative enabled the development of the SAMBA-2 device, which allows for rapid blood tests to detect infectious diseases in remote and resource-poor point-of-care. The SAMBA-2 represents huge progress in medical diagnosis and is currently protected by trademark and patent rights. At a national level, in the French patent law, Four categories of patents can be identified through regulatory provisions governing the procedures for filing a patent application, notably in Articles R. 612-18 and R. 612-19 of the French Intellectual Property Code, Product Innovation, Process Innovation, Patents for Applications and Innovation by Combination. A fifth category is emerging that shows an evolution in the functions of patent law, the Green Patent. The WIPO defines such green technologies as environmentally sound technologies that protect the environment, are less polluting, use all resources in a more sustainable manner, recycle more of their wastes and products, and handle residual wastes in a more acceptable manner than the technologies for which they were substitutes. Chapter 34, 
Agenda 21 of the United Nations Programme of Action from Rio, 1992. In 2015, at the time of the United Nations Climate Change Conference, 21 Colombian pesos, the French National Institute of Industrial Property, INPI, conducted a study on sustainable development and intellectual property. It led to the conclusion that, contrary to some preconceived ideas, intellectual property can truly improve the diffusion of these technologies, and in particular through patent law. For instance, in order to support the development of clean technologies, most national intellectual property offices have also set in place fast-track procedures to file for green patents and support the eco-friendly transition. Finally, designs also represent a strategic asset, allowing companies producing ecological goods or providing ecological services to protect their designs and to secure a return on investment. Every new green invention is rewarded. Ask for advice from our intellectual property attorneys and take part in the ecological transition. Besides that, the fight against counterfeiting also contributes to achieving sustainable development goals. The low-cost manufacture of counterfeit products often involves polluting production processes and labor that is not complying with social and environmental norms. The report mapping the impact of illicit trade on the sustainable development goals supervised by the Director General of the Transnational Alliance to Combat Illicit Trade, Trace It, reveals the impact of illicit trade on sustainable development goals, SDGs. Two types of SDGs have negatively impacted all types of illicit trade, namely SDG 8, Decent Work and Economic Growth, and 16, Peace, Justice, and Strong Institutions. Illicit trade represents lost taxes for governments that could be invested in public infrastructures. Similarly, companies lose the income that could be allocated to support the creation of job opportunities. Besides, the link between illicit trade and organized crime are well established and weakens communities, institutions and economies. Let's get green and keep in mind sustainable development goals when using intellectual property rights. Page 33. Advert. Dreyfus. Intellectual Property in an Innovative World Founded in 2004, Dreyfus is a boutique law RM focusing on intellectual property and digital law. We have forged a unique market position based on both our thorough knowledge of IP legal issues and our proven expertise in the digital economy and innovative technology sectors. Aware of the necessity to incorporate the economic, social and environmental concerns of our society, we've adopted a CSR approach that reflects the company's values and which we promote internally. The digital age raises many challenges and opportunities. Dreyfus advises and supports you. In order to meet your national and international needs, Dreyfus has created a practice that combines intellectual property law and new technology law. By combining our knowledge of the digital world and the new technology sector, we provide companies with a dual approach to protect and enhance traditional and digital intellectual assets. Trademarks, designs and patents, contracts, litigation, compliance, new technologies and monitoring. Contact us at 74 Avenue, Raymond Ponicare, 75116, Paris, France. Telephone, plus 331. 44, 70, 07, 04. Page 34. New segment promo page. Empowering the future of IP in Africa. This new segment is sponsored by, Minyogog and Associates in Cameroon. www.minyogoglaw.com. Page 35. Article. Empowering the future of IP in Africa. Written by Bryce Nyakwa, 
IPOAPI agent at Minyogog and Associates Law Firm, Cameroon. Empowering the future of intellectual property in Africa is an issue for which Minyogog and Associates has understood the challenges for several years. In line with the advent of the African Continental Free Trade Zone, ZLCAF. Indeed, the ZLCAF was created by the ratification of an agreement signed by 44 heads of state and government of the African Union during its 10th conference, held in Kigali on March 21, 2018. This initiative served as a lever for creating an African common market and an economic community, under the impetus of the Abuja Treaty of 1991, to strengthen intra-African trade by 2063. It was a question of promoting the free movement of people throughout Africa, and this challenge undoubtedly requires the mobilization of state and non-state actors. In this dynamic, the service sector in general and, more particularly, that of intellectual property has been called upon to be part of an important phase of the negotiations, which will lead to the establishment of the free trade market. Since then, Minyogog and Associates law firm, as a liberal independent actor for years in the provision of legal and intellectual property services, has been able to initiate a new service model based on the promotion of intellectual property through innovative methods in order to face the new structuring of the profession and strengthen the future of industrial property in Africa. These innovative methods are based on, among other things, taking an active part in discussions with intellectual property professionals on emerging issues, as was the case in December 2013 during the International Trademark Association, INTA, conference on the theme Hot Trademark Topics in the Middle East, Africa and South Asia region. In essence, the following recommendations emerge from this work. 1. The owners of trademarks are advised to have their marks registered as actually used, i.e. with all elements slash or to obtain further registrations for the wrappers slash combination of colors. 2. Register the products as 3D marks and slash or as industrial designs. 3. Conduct training sessions for registrars, governmental officers, judges, custom officers to acquaint them with the look-alike products and their impact on the owners of reputed marks. 4. Although the courts are not familiar with the concepts of trading off and riding on the mark's reputation, the holders of trademarks are invited to initiate legal actions against look-alike products to prevent the distribution of these products and to allow the courts to develop the relevant judgment decisions. 5. Suggest amendments to the valid laws and new laws if necessary. 6. Develop customs role in combating the infringing products by designating an official register to the marks and adopting more training sessions. 7. Encourage local courts to apply the principles of the international treaties. 8. Enlarge the interpretation of the confusing similarity concept. 9. Adopt relevant concepts, for example, trade dress, get up, passing off an unfair competition. 10. Allow registration of 3D marks. 11. Encourage the courts to issue compensation orders. 12. To impose more severe penalties against infringers. 13. To invite the legislators and officials to attend similar sessions, seminars and congresses. 14. The owners of trademarks are advised to take actions against look-alike products as early as possible to make the conclusion of the conflict easier. 15. Adopt unified trademark and unfair competition laws in the region. 16. To give more consideration to the concepts of the mark image and dilution of reputed marks. 17. Specify department slash officers to execute and enforce the final court's judgment slash decisions.
All these recommendations are implemented by Minyogog and associates during the African meetings of IP professionals. This was the case in 2013 during the launch with the Cameroonian Ministry of Trade of the National Week Against Counterfeiting in 2013. More restrictive border measures were suggested to the attention of the Customs Administration. On this occasion, the authorities were also requested to increase the number of conferences and seminars for the attention of players in the trade and industrial property chain to popularize the practice of intellectual property and strengthen their capacities in the face of new developments. Issues In the same vein, Minyogog and Associates participated in 2014 in the 15th International Pharmaceutical Forum, organized under the aegis of the Interorder of African Pharmacists, the Intersyndicale des Pharmaciens d'Afrique, Ice Pharma, the Association of Central Purchasing Centers for Essential Medicines, ACAME, and the Association of the Pharmacy and Medicines Departments, with the participation of international drug manufacturing firms. We were given the opportunity to present the legal aspects of drug counterfeiting and interest professionals in this sector on the need to control the intellectual property rights attached to drugs. In 2016 in South Africa, Minyogog and Associates attended Building Africa with Brands, which was Inter's first conference in Africa. The goal was to bring together African and international brand owners, government officials, and lawyers who recognize the growing importance of the African market to their businesses. These work sessions gave the opportunity to middle. learn from experts about growing a brand across borders. Hear from legal, marketing, brand valuation and regulatory experts as they discuss issues unique to the African market with respect to brand development, commercialization, and IP protection and enforcement. Learn how the African continent is pioneering mobile-to-mobile -mobile marketing and communications. Find out how to consolidate, diversify, and strengthen your legal counsel and brand owners network in the African market. At the end of the work on the brand creation and strategies in developing economies in which we participated, the following conclusions were drawn. Huge growth opportunities for businesses and brands in Africa. Opportunity to do things differently and reinvent some of the more damaging practices of the past, Africa is a source of innovation and creativity, not just a destination. Increasing role and reach of both local and international media in the region. Heightened levels of brand and product awareness. The role of the Internet in establishing cost-effective channels to market. At the end of the work on doing business in Africa, the panel looked at the challenges and opportunities for the industry in Africa from the brand owner's point of view, whether local, regional, or global. The session provided guidance on conducting IP business in Africa. IP is inseparable from the commercial operations of a business. Industry representatives will give examples from their own businesses of how to undertake IP work from a commercial perspective. They will explain how their businesses have entered the market, the IP background accompanying their market entry, and the strategies followed. There follows a simple checklist of some of the issues that a company looking to develop its IP in Africa needs to consider, whether investing from outside or moving into new African markets. These experiences have enabled Minyogog and Associates to become more involved in the research and implementation of means of strengthening intellectual property rights in Africa through the diversification of pre- and post-registration services for intellectual property titles. More than portfolio management, the emphasis is on projecting into new markets by involving owners of securities and legal bases. This also consists of the involvement of states and governments in harmonizing procedures according to international rules and case law. In March 2019, in Cape Town, 
South Africa, a seminar was organized by the International Union of Lawyers, UIA, on the theme Combating Counterfeiting and Other IP Rights Infringements. We presented in the presence of a panel of experts from different liberal professions, coming from different countries, on the theme using contracts to provide a framework for the exploitation and enforcement of intellectual property rights. We were able to demonstrate the importance of creating and managing a selective distribution network, drafting effective contractual mechanisms for controlling performance and dealing with infringements. Minyogog and Associates thus provide solutions applicable on an African scale by thinking about intellectual property in new ways. Since we believe and promote different ways to integrate intellectual property not only in OP but also in Africa, we were therefore awarded an honorary prize during Dubai's Guerrilla Conference, where we attended as a speaker on the topic The Emergence and Development of IP Law in the Middle East versus Global Perspective. In conclusion, it is evident that in order to provide innovative and sustainable solutions to intellectual property issues in Africa, it is necessary to share different experiences around the world on themes whose solutions are often similar but require implementation by textual provisions. The part reserved for state actors is as important as that of liberal or independent professionals, it is a question of reinforcing a protean system at the base of the protection of intangible rights. Africa has a lot to gain by integrating into the new market with appropriate rules, but above all, with the popularization of intellectual property as a discipline in its own right at the service of title holders. Enforcement and rights defense policies must be harmonized at the African regional level in order to cross the intangible borders that often hamper the repression of infringements of intellectual property rights. Page 38. Advert. Minyogog and Associates Law Firm. People who invest in the future are realists. Our services. Trademarks. Patents for inventions. Patents for designs. IP litigation. Corporate issues. Minyogog and Associates. Located in 2nd Avenue, behind Imublu Ansi and Foneda, 20501 Yaoundé Cameroon. Telephone, 237-222-228-365. Email 1, cabinetminyogog at minyogoglawfirm.com. Email 2, cabyolandiengo at yahoo.fr. www.minyogoglawfirm.com. Page 39. Article. Intellectual Protection in Africa under the AFCFTA Regime. Written by Noma Emeru Amaziak is, associate at Stillwater's law firm, Nigeria. Africa is one of the most populous continents in the world. With a combined population exceeding 1.2 billion people, it is unimaginable that intra-trade between African countries stands below 14%, with a less than 4% share of the global trade. With hardly commendable air and rail links between the countries and impassable road networks where they exist, the 21st century was bound to be a challenging but potentially decisive century for Africa to chart its course. Accordingly, at the African Union, AU, summit in Addis Ababa in 2012, wise counsel prevailed, and the AU was energized to think hard and fast. Disturbed by the current trends as revealed by all indices, the Union decided to revive the Lagos Plan of Action adopted in 1980. Under that plan, the emphasis was to minimize reliance on the West while promoting intra-African trade. Arising from the adoption of the Lagos Plan of Action, leaders of the various member states agreed to create a continental free trade zone by 2017, whereupon negotiations commenced in 2015, leading to the actualization in 2018. The African Continental Free Trade Area and Prior Treaties The African Continental Free Trade Area, 
AFCFTA, was signed in 2018 by 54 out of 55 African Union countries and is the largest free trade area in the world in terms of the number of member countries. The fundamental objective of the AFCFTA is to create a single market for goods, services facilitated by the movement of persons in order to deepen the economic integration of the African continent and in accordance with the Pan-African vision of an integrated, prosperous and peaceful Africa enshrined in Agenda 2063 1. However, prior to the AFCFTA, there have been similar treaties with protocols on free movements of goods and or people albeit on a regional basis and at regional levels in the African continent. The following come to mind easily. The Economic Communities of West African States, ECOWAS, comprising of 15 countries in the West African region. The East African Community, EAC, which comprises of six countries in the East African region. The South African Development Community, SADC, comprising of 16 countries in the Southern African region and the Economic Community of the Central African States, which is comprised of 11 countries in the Central African region, all of which in their treaties, amongst other things, allowed for the promotion of economic cooperation amongst member states to promote economic standards by allowing free movements amongst member states, somewhat along the lines of the regional protocols, two major functional regional bodies on intellectual property, IP, were formed, namely OP. Organization Afrique and la Propriété Intellectuelle, with a membership of 18 African countries predominantly in the West African Axis and Arapo, African Regional Intellectual Property Organization, consisting of 19 member countries from East, Central, a few Southern and a couple of West African countries. These organizations took far-reaching steps harmonizing their IP prosecution regime and achieved substantial progress therein. Against the backdrop of an expanded pact to foster the free movement of goods and services, there is a greater need to protect intellectual property rights, IPR, under a single harmonized platform like the UIPO. The earlier tabled attempt by the AU under the auspices of the Pan-African Intellectual Property Organization PAPO, could possibly act as a common platform that would allay the fears of some and meet the expectations of others in the often subtle Anglo-Franco politics that often beset African initiatives. Already, Article 4 of the IFTA agreement has set the ball rolling, that article stipulates amongst other provisions that for purposes of fulfilling and realizing the objectives set out in Article 3, state parties shall cooperate on investment, intellectual property rights, and competition policy. Two, Bearing this in mind with the most positive mindset, albeit with a measure of caution, it is encouraging to note that the dream of establishing IPR protection at continental level in Africa might soon be actualized. UFCFTA's Protocol on Intellectual Property Rights UFCFTA's Protocol on Intellectual Property Rights, IPR, is to be negotiated during Phase 2 of the negotiations, and the legal draft was supposed to be ready by January 2021, but it was not submitted for adoption due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It is expected that this protocol should in line with achieving AFCFTA's general objectives be able to create functional ways through which the protection of IPRs can be adequately achieved in the African continent. Also, the clear inclusion of intellectual property in Article 4 of the treaty will help African countries in the protection and adequate utilization of IPRs of their citizens by working on these areas. Creation of Awareness it is expected that the AFCFTA's protocol on IPR will develop strategies for creating awareness of African indigenous businesses and its citizens on what IP is all about, the importance of IP protection, and how to utilize IP for the growth of their businesses. 
harmonization of the existing IP organizations in Africa, flowing from the objectives of AFCFTA, one of which is the creation of a single market for goods and services in Africa and resolve the challenges of multiple and overlapping memberships and expedite the regional and continental integration processes, it is expected that AFCFTA's protocol on IPR should work on ways to harmonize the existing IP organizations in Africa, namely OPI, Organization Afrique de la Propriété Intellectuelle, and ARAPO, African Regional Intellectual Property Organization. This move will help unify the IP protection system of African countries. Through drawing expertise from all countries in Africa, a unified organization will be created that will facilitate the growth of indigenous businesses in Africa, especially the micro-small and medium enterprises MSMEs, which are majorly the type of business found in Africa, by making it easier and more affordable for them to carry out, for example, trademark registrations with ease. IPR Registrations the protocol on IPR is expected to develop strategies through which IP registrations are done with ease, saving money and time for businesses in Africa, thereby encouraging the growth of businesses in each African country, which will yield positive results in the economies of each country. This is expected to be done by studying other existing international IP treaties in relation to the African system. IP Commercialization the IFCTA's protocol on IPR is also expected by virtue of its objective of enhancing the competitiveness of the economies of state parties within the continent and the global market and promoting industrial development through diversification and regional value chain development, agricultural development, and food security, to develop ways of to increase IP commercialization in Africa by, for example, developing strategies for educating African MSMEs on the advantage of IP commercialization and methods through IP can be commercialized. Achieving this will help the countries in Africa, and the continent as a whole maximize IPR for economic growth. Protection against counterfeiting and pirating of goods, by virtue of AFCFTA's objective of contributing to the movement of capital and natural persons and laying the foundation for the establishment of a continental customs union at a later stage, it is expected that the protocol on IPR will develop ways to protect goods from counterfeiting and piracy thereby motivating African businesses to utilize their IPRs without fear. AFCFTA's IPR protocol is expected to catalyze innovation, proper unification, and economic transformation of African states. It is expected in the protocol to have considered the role of international organizations, their systems, using it to fashion out ways they could benefit the protection of IPRs in Africa, for example, folklores, traditional knowledge, and geographical indications. Finally, it is expected that with the laid-down general objectives in Article 3 of the IFCTA's Treaty, there will be a creation of a robust IPR regime that will protect consumers, educate the people, encourage and reward innovations, and attract investments to African countries benefiting the continent at large. Page 42. Advert. Stillwater's Law Firm. People, Integrity, Service. Nigeria, Angola, OPI. Protecting Ideas in Africa. Services. Intellectual Property, Media, Entertainments, Technology, Sports and Litigation. Second Floor, 11 Awolawo Road, Ikoi, Lagos. P.O. Box 56161, Ikoi, 101008, Lagos, Nigeria. Tell, 234 234-01454-7179, 234-01460-5471, 234-01454-4919.
Email info at stillwaterslaw.com or admin at stillwaterslaw.com. www.stillwaterslaw.com, page 43. Article. Arapo Games in 2020 Despite COVID-19 Challenges. Written by Susan Wheaty, Documentations and Communications Officer at Arapo. The execution of Arapo activities in 2020 was not immune to disruptions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic that brought new challenges regarding international travels and social distancing requirements. However, Arapo operations and services offered by the organization to users remained largely unaffected by the crisis. The organization remained fully operational owing to the already established 24-hour online services. The e-service platform proved very effective during the COVID-19-induced lockdowns as it ensured business continuity. There was an increase in the uptake of the online services, with 84% of all new applications received in 2020 filed online. Individually, patent applications recorded the highest percentage with 98-100% of the applications filed online compared to 77% in 2019. 73% in 2018, 58% in 2017, and 33% in 2016. Therefore, the COVID-19 pandemic accelerated the pace of uptake of the online system and cemented the idea that the future of Arapo lies in the good use of information and communication technologies. Far from being a threat, the COVID-19 pandemic constituted an opportunity for the organization to review its business operations and re-engineer them to become a resilient IP office that could face the future confidently. The organization also registered remarkable achievements covering the Arapo online services, the Arapo member states module and the regional IP database. Although most business operations were affected by the COVID-19 outbreak, the infrastructure and information systems enabled the organization to continue offering effective and efficient services to the stakeholders. Our staff members could also work from home as the organization promptly adopted remote working arrangements that enabled staff to work remotely. A virtual private network, VPN, with a public internet connection was implemented to allow the users to access the information systems in the office. This way, the users could access all the information systems and files from any location and work as if they were in their offices. The data is encrypted as it is transmitted. Auto-call forwarding was also implemented on the PAP so that calls were automatically rerouted to users. The number of patent applications decreased by 114, marking a 13% decrease in 2020 to 754 compared to 868 in 2019. However, the number of industrial designs increased by 11 applications in 2020 to 87 from 76 applications filed in 2019. The increase represents 13% more applications in 2020 from the 2019 total. Arapo membership increased to 20 member states following the accession of Mauritius on September 25, 2020, to the Lusaka Agreement. Implementation of the Mandate on Copyright and Related Rights the activities undertaken in 2020 aimed to implement the following strategies. Copyright and related rights advocacy, strengthening the administration of copyright offices, collective management organizations, CMOs, enforcement agencies and partnership and departmental staff development. The activities amongst others, included. The reformulation of the legal framework on the establishment of regional voluntary copyright registration and notification system into a draft protocol, development of proposals and submission to partners for technical and financial support to the Diplomatic Conference, D3, 
Development of the business case for the establishment of a voluntary copyright registration and notification system at Arapo. Mobilization of financial support from WIPO for IP awareness and building respect in the schools of our member states and project and development of draft guidelines for the development of a business plan for collective management organizations in the Arapo member states. Implementation of the mandate on plant variety protection. The main highlight in the plant variety protection function was the accession of the Republic of Sao Tome and Principe to the Arusha Protocol. Sao Tome and Principe became the second state after the Republic of Rwanda to join the protocol, which will enter into force once four states have acceded to it. A plant variety business case was also developed and endorsed by the Technical Committee on Plant Variety Protection at its fifth session held virtually from August 31 to September 1, 2020. Arapo also supported Ghana's efforts towards the resubmission of the Ghana Plant Variety Protection Bill to the Parliament by participating in the public debates and engaging stakeholders on the important role of the PVP system in the development. Development of academic programs in partnership with universities in the Arapo member states. Arapo continued its partnership with Africa University in Mutari, Zimbabwe, Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, Kinoust, in Kumasi, Ghana, and the University of Dar es Salaam, UDSM, in Tanzania to offer academic programs at master's level in intellectual property. The Arapo Academy continued to collaborate and cooperate with Africa University and the Wipo Academy in the delivery of the Masters in Intellectual Property, MIP degree program in Mutari, Zimbabwe. The MIP at Africa University is now in its 13th year. In 2020, Arapo provided scholarships to seven students for the 13th cohort from seven member states. The organization started providing sponsorships in 2009 and has sponsored 88 students from 16 member states of the organization, adding to 266 WIPO slash Japan funds in trust scholarships, the rest being self-sponsored. The Africa University graduation ceremony was held virtually on October 17, 2020. In total, the 12th cohort graduated 34 graduates out of a total of 37 students. Following the 2020 graduation, the number of graduates of the MIP program at Africa University stands at 358, coming from 26 countries across Africa. The use of digital marketing and social media platforms ensured that Arapo stakeholders were also kept informed. The regular updates also complemented this on our website on the national lockdown notices and the confirmation by Arapo of the continuity of complete services virtually. The organization's social media platforms became a lifeline to our customers. It kept the dialogue going in real time and reimagined how Arapo engages with existing and prospective customers for a more dynamic experience. The number of followers on our social media platforms increased this year. LinkedIn recorded a 77.58% increase, from 1021 to 1813 followers by October 26, 2020, Twitter 31% increase from 1640 to 2154, and Facebook 18.92% from 3256 to 3872 followers. The number of engagements with Arapo using social media also increased, with many followers and inquiries coming through social media. The Arapo website was continuously updated with articles on Arapo activities, achievements, and virtual events. In addition, Arapo registered the Anderson Raziconda Library for free online access to open access resources such as the Research for Life databases, Directory of Open Access Journals and Books, Duaj and Duab, Niska, 
National Academy of Sciences featuring Elsevier Science and Science Direct. The library is accessible to all through the organization's website. International Exhibitions To ensure that Repo's visibility was maintained despite the travel restrictions, Arapo participated in virtual exhibitions and events. The international exhibitions included the International Trademark Association, INTA, Brands in Society virtual conference held on June 22 to 23. 2020, Arapo also exhibited at the International Intellectual Property Lawyers Association Virtual IP Summit from October 19 to 23, 2020, and the Inter 2020 Annual Meeting from November 16 to 29, 2020. Page 45. Article. Effective Intellectual Property System in Africa, Musings from an African Intellectual Property Office. Written by Sarah Norkaronku, Senior Partner at Onku. Onku at Law. Ghana. Introduction. Trade among African countries is expected to increase significantly under the newly created and operationalized African Continental Free Trade Area, AFCFTA. According to Anaka 1, 2014, successful implementation of the AFCFTA would increase intra-African trade by as much as $35 billion per year, or 52% above the baseline by 2022. Consequently, Imports from outside the continent could decrease by $10 billion per year, whereas agricultural and industrial exports would increase by $4 billion, 7%, and $21 billion, 5%, above the baseline respectively. Inevitably, trade-related aspects of intellectual property on the continent cannot be ignored, as the magnitude of the single market demands some safeguard measures. Consequently, African trade negotiators are in the process of negotiating a protocol on intellectual property, IP, under the agreement establishing the AFCFTA. The success of the negotiated protocol will heavily depend on its successful implementation by relevant institutions, including the IP offices of the member states. Brief overview of the current intellectual property system in Africa. It is trite that IP is territorial in nature. Accordingly, rights accruing to the owner of an IP depends on the laws of each state. This is exceptionally problematic in Africa, where the laws of the various states are not harmonized. The fragmented laws and practices make traversing IP corridors on the continent a Herculean task. There are currently two known African regional IP organizations responsible for the regional administration of IP for and on behalf of their member states. These are Arapo 2 with 20, 20 member states and OP3 with 17 member states. The remaining countries, including some of the largest economies on the continent, Nigeria and South Africa, belong to neither of the regional bodies. In effect, IP administration in such non-aligned states are locally centered. Again Arapo member states are mainly dualist states, and grant of rights are sanctioned by the member states, unlike that of OP which allows a single grant to be effective in all its member states. The challenges in IP administration and management are also reflected in the enforcement of IPRs on the continent. Unfortunately, there is an insignificant body of decided cases to serve as precedents for IP owners and users. Meanwhile, the AFCFTA requires some degree of certainty of IPRs, not only to guard against infringement and its related transactional costs but also to prevent innocent infringement. This article focuses on the role of IP institutions in the effective administration and management of IP on the continent, with particular emphasis on Ghana. Administration of Intellectual Property in Ghana Until independence, 
The IP laws of Ghana comprised of UK ordinances with IP rights expected to be obtained in the UK and re-registered in Ghana. After independence, there were few changes to the laws, however, significant changes were made between the years 2003 and 2006 to make the IP laws TRIPS compliant. The country administers its IP laws through two main state departments under the Attorney General's Office and Ministry of Justice, namely, the Office of the Copyright Administrator and the Ghana Industrial Property Office, GIPO, under the Registrar General's Department, RGD. Current IP Laws of Ghana Various IP laws have emerged over the period with repeals and amendments. Today, Ghana has one of the most up-to-date IP enactments for a developing country. It can boast of the following. Patent Act, 2003, Act 657, which provides protection of inventions in the form of patents and utility models. Trademarks Act, 2004, Act 664, and its amendment, Trademarks Amendment Act, 2014, Act 890, which provides a system of registration of trademarks. Industrial Designs Act, 2003, Act 660 for the registration of industrial designs. Copyright Act, 2005, Act 690, and its amendment, Copyright, Amendment, Act, 2009, Act 788, which provides for the protection of works, including artistic and literary works, musical work, sound recording, audiovisual, choreographic work, derivative works, computer software and programs, as well as folklore. Geographical Indications Act, 2003, Act 659, which provides for the registration of GIs. Layout, Designs, Topographies, of Integrated Circuits Act, 2004, Act 667, for the registration of layout designs of integrated circuits. Protection Against Unfair Competition Act, 2000, Act 589 provides protection for trade secrets and protection against unfair competition within trade circles. A Plant Variety Protection Bill of 2020 has recently been passed. Unfortunately, these IP laws lack the requisite implementing regulations. The current regulations are either outmoded or non-existent. It bears mentioning that the Patent Regulations, 1996, L.I.616, predates its parent legislation of 2003. The situation worsens in the case of trademarks where its regulations predate the parent legislation by over three decades, see the Trademarks Regulations, 1970, L.I.667, and the Trademarks, Amendment, Regulation, 1972, L.I.792. This creates serious administrative challenges. For example, LI 667 provides for an appeal of the registrar's decision to the minister.4 with procedural details. Conversely, the current Trademarks Act provides for an appeal to the courts without any correlating regulations on the procedure. Again, the Industrial Designs Act has no regulations. There is an outmoded textile designs, registration, regulation 1966 as amended for the registration of textile designs. Consequently, Apart from textile designs, Ghana does not register industrial designs locally, and applicants are encouraged to apply for protection through the ARAPA system. Regulations are also non-existent for the registration of GIs and layout designs, thus, none has ever been registered in Ghana. On the other hand, copyright appears to be better structured with a relatively current regulation, the Copyright Regulations, 2010. IP Institutional Framework 
GIPO is responsible for the registration of trademarks, patents, industrial designs, GIs and layout designs. The Copyright Office is responsible for the administration of copyright and related rights. There is also the Folklore Board which manages folklore in Ghana. These IP offices, particularly GIPO, have faced numerous challenges over the years. Having worked with GIPO for almost a decade as a state attorney and subsequently as a private legal practitioner and trademarks and patents agent, I can personally relate to some challenges identified by the National Intellectual Property Policy and Strategy, NIPS, 2016. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic has exacerbated the effect on users of the IP office, with reduced working hours and fewer available staff for in-person interactions. Some key challenges identified by NIPS include the following. Staffing, both in terms of inadequate numbers and skills. Automation of the IP registration process. In December 2006, WIPO installed the Industrial Property Automation System, IPAS, for the trademark registry. However, a manual system is still used in the administration of other industrial property rights. In 2010 WIPO also facilitated the automation of the registration process of the Copyright Office, but the office has yet to be fully automated. IP professionals, in Ghana, IP professionals slash agents are practicing lawyers who may or may not be trained IP practitioners. Therefore, the amended trademarks regulation allows the registrar to screen such practitioners to her satisfaction. There is no other system of registration and training of IP professionals. Autonomous National Intellectual Property Office, the NIPS finds the current separation of the Copyright Office and GIPO as a weakness in the IP system and seeks to bring the operations of both institutions under one autonomous body. Personally, I disagree that the creation of one autonomous body will be a panacea for the current challenges, considering that the IP institutions are already under one ministry yet, still struggling to perform their duties. Policy Objectives and Strategies under NIPS As a policy objective, Ghana seeks to, among others, strengthen its legal framework for the protection of intellectual property rights and the institutional framework for the administration and management of IP rights. Curiously, the strategies outlined in the NIPS do not address the development of implementing regulations for the existing IP laws. Fortunately, some regulations are being developed, even though at a snail's pace. The NIPS outlines short, medium and long-term strategies to attain an ideal IP system. These include Amending its laws on patents, industrial designs and geographical indications within a short term, and completing an e-library and digitalization by the end of 2017. As a medium-term measure ending of 2019, 2. Complete review and amend laws on layout integrated circuit and unfair competition slash trade secrets. Complete the development of new laws on plant variety protection, plant breeders' rights, traditional knowledge and genetic resources. Accede to UPOF, Arusha Protocol on Protection of Plant Varieties, Swakop Munt Protocol on Traditional Knowledge and Genetic Resources and Singapore Treaty on Trademarks. Complete the automation of IP registration process. Develop and implement a program to increase the number of applications and grants of IP rights to local inventors, and Establish technology innovation support centers. Disappointingly, only the law on plant variety protection has since been passed. As a long-term measure ending 2020, establish and operationalize the Autonomous National Intellectual Property Office and start the substantive examination of patent applications. Unfortunately, that has also not been achieved. However, 
Gapo has relocated from the premises of RGD head office to a new site, about five minutes' drive from RGD. The relocation has now created unexpected delays in communication between RGD and the GPO, with its corresponding delays in attending to processes filed by clients. Fortunately, the apparent gloomy situation in Ghana is transient and can be addressed if given the needed governmental attention. Conclusion Africa has great potential under the AFCFTA, and its IP protocol will require an effective implementation to achieve its goal. IP offices in Africa play a crucial role in the implementation of IPRs, and any shirking of responsibility will adversely impact the AFCFTA. Consequently, it may interest the AU. 5 through the AFCFTA Secretariat, to conduct some research into the performances of the various IP offices. It may need to support such offices to successfully implement their mandate in order to facilitate the implementation of the AFCFTA IP protocol. Already, countries such as Tanzania, South Africa, Mauritius, Kenya and Rwanda are performing relatively well, as shown in their recent rankings on the Global Innovation Index. This ranking factors in issues of IP in each country. Many IP practitioners have bemoaned practicing IP on the continent as burdensome with associated huge transactional costs. It is believed that a strong IP administration and management system will make a meaningful impact on the continent. Page 49. Advert. The Women's IP World Annual is the industry's first intellectual property law magazine that celebrates professional women working in IP, IP law, and innovation globally. We are very proud to provide a profile platform for women working in intellectual property and innovation by shining a spotlight on their expertise and professional knowledge in their respective fields of operation in IP through engaging thought leadership content. Our annual publication has caught the eye of many IP associations from all over the world. More importantly, it has attracted a cocktail of awe-inspiring, knowledgeable women who are happy to share their professional and personal experiences of working in the industry. If you would like to be part of the Women's IP World Annual, we would love to shine a light on your professional industry experience. You can contact us on plus 44-0203-813-0457 or email us at info at womensipworld.com. Make sure to check out the latest issue of the Women's IP World Annual at www.womensipworld.com. The Women's IP World Annual. We are celebrating women in IP, IP law and innovation globally. Page 50. Article. Intellectual Property, A Guide for Inventors. Written by Sue Leslie, Marketing Assistant at Patent Seekers, UK. It is very important for innovative companies and inventors to be aware of the do's and don'ts when it comes to protecting their ideas and the intellectual property, IP, available. Patent Seekers has been a key player in the IP search industry for over 15 years. During that time, we have garnered several questions related to IP that pop up again and again for clients new to intellectual property. In this article, we discuss the basics of IP and what you need to know to maximize its benefits. What is intellectual property? IP relates to protection for several aspects of inventions, and there are four main areas, patents, registered designs, trademarks, and copyright. Patents protect the way an invention works. So, you may have come up with the idea of a time machine, but if you cannot show how it works, then you will not be able to patent it. Your invention and the way it works must be new and inventive to be protected. 
A real-world example would be a new electric bicycle, its construction and how it works may be covered by several patents. Registered designs protect the way something looks, shape or appearance. A good example is the Coca-Cola bottle shape with its distinctive design, this would be suitable for design protection. The design must be new to be protected. If you do not make a design application, there is still automatic limited protection called design right. Trademarks protect trade names or logos, which represent a company or product, for example, the trade name Coca-Cola. A trademark does not have to be new as such but will need to be new for the type of company or type of product. Copyright is automatic in the UK and Europe, but can also be registered in some European countries, and protects creative works such as the way something is written, for example a book, song, screenplay, etc. Publication with a defined date is a good way to make sure your protection is recognized. Should I keep my invention secret? When you first come up with an innovation, invention, the most important thing to consider is confidentiality. If you do not keep your invention secret and or protected by a non-disclosure agreement, NDA, then you may end up losing your rights over your invention. Making your invention public, for example advertising it online, or discussing your invention with third parties, could end any hope of gaining patent or design protection. What is a non-disclosure agreement, NDA? This is a written agreement with any third party, for example an investor or potential business partner. It sets out a legal statement that they will not disclose or use your invention or design etc., without your prior permission. An attorney would be able to put one together for you, or they are available online, but this should at the very least be checked by an attorney. Alternatively, ask the third party to provide their NDA. Remember using NDAs is a standard practice in business. If someone refuses to sign an NDA, walk away. What are the main types of IP searches, and what they are used for? The main focus for IP searching is to establish whether something is new or protected. IP searching can be for patents, designs, or trademarks. These are described below. Patent searching. Prior art, or novelty or prior to filing, searching, tries to determine if your invention is new and inventive worldwide before making a patent application. It is an aid to answering the question, is it worth paying to draft and file a patent application? Patent monitoring. Checking on a regular basis, for example monthly, for new patents on a particular subject or new patent filings for a company or individual inventor. State of the art, SOA, searching, if you are a researcher or inventor and you are at the research and development stage of an invention, you may have several ideas on how to move forward. And so a search will pull together all the different solutions other people have come up with and tried to protect with patents. Comparing your ideas to the results of this search can help you determine which of your ideas could be the most fruitful. Freedom to operate, FTO, search, before manufacturing, importing slash exporting, or selling an invention, it's important to check that you won't infringe on other people's patent rights in the countries slash territories in which you will be carrying out these activities. An FTO search will try to establish whether you are free to operate, therefore, it is vital for startup companies and companies providing new products. Design searching. These are very similar to the patent searches mentioned previously and are available for state-of-the-art, SOA, novelty, freedom to operate and monitoring. Trademark searching. Checking for trademarks, for example, is a trading name already protected by a trademark in the relevant country? Also, it's important to check a company name to see what trademarks they own. What is so great about patents? 
A patent is the strongest form of IP protection available. The reason being a patent covers the way something works, not just how it looks or is written. It can be a valuable asset for any company and can be beneficial when looking to raise funding. In addition to this, placing patent pending on a product can be enough to ward off anyone trying to copy your product. How can I apply for a patent? You have your invention, so what do you do next? Have a look online to see if your invention has been done before. Is it new and inventive over other people's inventions? See later paragraph on carrying out your own prior art search. If you cannot find anything, the next step is to get a professional prior art search carried out, asking the company to provide an NDA before you disclose any details of your invention. Take the results of your search to a registered patent attorney. They will be able to assess the results to see if it is worth pursuing a patent application. If going ahead, the patent attorney will be able to write-slash-draft your patent application and file it at a patent office. Can I carry out my own prior art search? Doing your own search is a great way to familiarize yourself with prior art, helping you understand what makes your invention unique and inventive. If you do find something that is close to your idea, then you may have saved yourself valuable time and money. However, identifying prior art similar to your invention may not be the end of the road. The results from a search could be used to help draft your patent application, for example by a patent attorney and help define the patent claims. There are several free patent databases available that can help with a quick search by providing cursory results, including Google Patent and Free Patent Online. You can also take advantage of the free patent search databases provided by the Intellectual Property Office in Europe for your initial search. Limitations of free databases can be a low number of keywords per string inability to run more complex queries, and restricted territories or countries available to search. The risk, therefore, is the potential to miss results that could impact the patent filing process and lead to setbacks. Commercial databases are more robust and can handle more complex search queries, as well as providing more comprehensive results. The better results allow for a more informed decision when contemplating the next steps in the patent filing process. However, the trade-off can be that many commercial databases come with a hefty price tag and require a minimum commitment, usually one year. More recently developed commercial cloud-based platforms such as Patworld, www.patworld.com, are far more flexible, whereby you pay for as much access as you need, day, month, or year, with no commitment. To make sure you have all the most relevant prior art, you should seriously consider having a professional patent and non-patent search carried out. Contacting a patent attorney after having a professional search completed can streamline the process and have you well informed of the prior art relating to your invention before going forward with your patent application slash yes. So, remember there are many aspects of intellectual property that can be protected. Keep your ideas secret until you are protected, and before getting IP protection check the likelihood of successfully gaining protection. Page 53. Article. Eurasian Patent Office, The New Convenience. Written by Vladimir Byrayulin, partner at Gorodysky, Russia. Some 25 years ago, nine former Soviet republics, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Belarus Georgia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Moldova. One Russia and Tajikistan decided to unite their efforts in intellectual property. They set up the Eurasian Patent Office, EAPO. That office was designed primarily to provide a convenient opportunity for patenting inventions. By that time, the European Patent Office had been operating for many years and proved its efficiency. 
The Eurasian Patent Organization relied on the experience of EPO and imbibed many features of the European Patent Convention. It was also evident that aside from many advantages, the European patent had its drawback, i.e. nationalization after the grant of a patent. The Eurasian Patent Organization decided from the very beginning that the Eurasian patent should be a unitary patent valid in all member countries after the grant. The Eurasian Patent Office has been operating successfully since then though it was apparent that it could provide more services. Industrial Designs Industrial design is a subject matter that is gaining popularity among applicants. Hence, the administration of the Eurasian Patent Office gave thought to extend its reach to industrial designs. Talks were held for a number of years and culminated in a diplomatic conference in Kazakhstan in 2019. A protocol on protection of industrial designs to the Eurasian Patent Convention was signed during the conference. Initially, the protocol was signed, but five countries, Azerbaijan, Armenia, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Russia, though all eight were among the participants. Tajikistan signed the protocol later. Belarus and Turkmenistan have not signed the protocol so far. Several months later, the countries that signed the protocol ratified it and deposited the instrument of accession with WIPO. Kazakhstan and Russia deposited the instrument of accession later, therefore, the protocol became effective for these countries on April 11 and 12, 2021 respectively. Patents to be issued for industrial designs will be valid after the grant in all the countries in the same way as patents for invention. The applications will be subject to preliminary and substantive examination. Further to the positive result of the preliminary examination, the application will be published. No deferral of publication is allowed. Once the application is published, all interested persons, including patent offices of the member countries, will be able to send their observations to EPO against the grant of a patent. Patent regulations establishing rules for the examination of such observations are being drafted. The EPO will consider decisions for those observations. The decisions may be appealed at the EPO. If the EPO refuses to grant a patent on the application, the applicant will be able to convert the application into a national application or several national applications, in the member countries, with the same priority date. The duration of the patent may be 25 years on the condition of payment of a renewal fee every five years. Currently, only national laws of Russia and Armenia provide for a 25 years duration of the design patent. In other countries, Azerbaijan, Belarus, Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Duration of a design patent is 15 years. The duration of the design patent in Kazakhstan is 20 years. Hence, either those countries will change their laws to adapt it to the new Eurasian design, or the new design will be more attractive for applicants. The protocol also foresees invalidation of the Eurasian design. The first option is its administrative invalidation by the Eurasian Patent Office in response to an appeal by a third person, including also a national patent office. In this case, the design will be invalidated in all the member countries. Another option is to go to court or another competent body of the member country. In that case, the decision of the competent body will concern that country only, and the patent will be retained in all other countries. If there is a case of infringement, the law of the relevant country will be applied with respect to that country only. The advantage of the Eurasian design is that the applications will be filed, and correspondence will be conducted in the Russian language, which will cut expenses for translation. Translation will be required only in case of a dispute regarding infringement of the design or its invalidation in a given country. In fact, 
All procedural steps have been made, and the Eurasian Patent Office announced that applicants may file design applications from June 1, 2021. Trademarks The Eurasian Patent Office does not deal with trademarks though the issue of a Eurasian trademark has been discussed for quite a while. Without the connection to the Eurasian Patent Office, the Eurasian Trademark Treaty has been recently signed by several countries. These are Armenia, Belarus, Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, and Russia. These countries are members of a separate organization, the Eurasian Economic Union. As may be noticed, all these countries are also members of the Eurasian Patent Organization. The members of the Eurasian Economic Union are focused on economic cooperation. Availability of a common trademark will enhance their economic interaction and will be welcomed by applicants. The Treaty on Trademarks, Service Marks and Appellations of Origin of the Eurasian Economic Union was signed in Moscow on February 3, 2020. As of March 2021, all five countries ratified the treaty. One may notice that the process of implementation of the treaty is steady but relatively slow. Though they understand the importance of moving forward with the common trademark, the participating countries have other pressing issues that get ahead of the implementation of the treaty. Procedures described in the treaty may seem cumbersome. Not so much for the applicant but for the patent offices of the member countries because the patent offices will have to do duplicating work associated with the examination of a trademark application. The Eurasian Economic Commission will handle the registration of the Eurasian trademarks. In theory, the registration procedures may be streamlined. There was a conference at the Russian Patent Office in November 2020. Mrs. Levlasova, head of the Eurasian Patent Office, took part in the conference, she was one of the speakers. In her report, she carefully voiced a proposal to take the Eurasian trademark under the aegis of the Eurasian Patent Office. She said that the way to implementation of that idea might be too long. It should also be noted that there are more countries in the Eurasian Patent Organization than in the Eurasian Economic Union which may be an additional hurdle towards the realization of that idea. Page 55. Advert. Patent Seekers, the Global IP Searchers. Specialist Global Search Services for Patent Attorneys, Universities, Technology Companies, and SMEs. Services. Patentability slash Novelty Search. Infringement slash FTO slash Clearance. Invalidity slash patent busting. State of the art. Patent mapping slash landscapes. Patent monitoring. Patent status. Competitor analysis. Head office. Newport, UK. Telephone number, plus double four, O one six, double three eight, one double six, O one. Email, mail at patentseekers.com. North America office. Toronto, Canada. Telephone number plus 1416-847-7309. Email, any at patentseekers.com. Website, www.patentseekers.com. Page 56. Final page, outside back cover. Advert. IP share. Patent collaboration tool. Collaborate effectively and securely with your colleagues or clients wherever they are in the world. Online application for project based collaboration, tailored to the IP industry and developed by experts in the field. IPShare puts the power in your hands, making it easy for project teams to share innovation insight and collaborate across a business unit locally or globally. An ideal way for IP lawyers to communicate with their end clients securely. Developed by one of the world's leading innovators in IP software solutions, Mindsoft. 
Go to www.mindsoft.com to get started. If you would like to be part of the Global IP Matrix magazine and share your insightful industry knowledge and stories to educate and inform our global audience about recent developments in your country or jurisdiction, to our global audience of IP professionals, then please contact us today to find out how you can join our print, digital and audio platform. Email info at gipmatrix.com or call plus 44 Thank you for listening to issue 10 of the Global IP Matrix magazine. We hope you have enjoyed this experience.